This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our seasonal, state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studio in Toronto, from our well-equipped Brampton facility, which has been fully Christmasized, and from Lisa's dining room table right next to a fake Christmas tree. And is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, evnet.ca, Palma Pasta, Bodog, and Kelsey's. And now here are two men who have fallalawed their way through the most wonderful time of year, skipping through the fresh, fluffy snow, tossing candy canes to the kids, and winking at the neighbors as they hand them a peppermint hot chocolate. With a Santa hat on their heads, ugly sweaters to keep them warm, it's the ridiculously festive Humble and Fred. Wow, you put a lot of work into that. (laughs) Very well done. That's good. It's a shame you only get to do that once. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, that's funny. Did you hear that, Fred? What, what Dan just did? I bet you like yes. her. Did you like Dan, her? Dan get up this morning and put on his creative hat. <laughs> yes, he did. Mm-hmm. Our uh, friend Jeff Lumby will join us on the uh, program today. We were talking about him yesterday, celebrating 100 episodes of a podcast. And uh, I've got a couple of things I wanted to run by both you and Jeff when we have that discussion. As old radio guys uh, and everyone else, welcome. This is the uh, second to last, third line. I don't know. A couple more shows to go and then we're done for 2023. Uh, Did you guys have the uh, the, the re- really festive uh Snowfall, the, you know, the traditional yes. snowfall last night with the big flakes and everything? We did in Brampton Land, yes. Uh, Just a dusting. Apparently, it will be gone by the end of the day, from what I understand, or tomorrow. Daniel, right. when I went to sleep last night at quarter until 10, I went upstairs. It was still just kind of raining. And it wasn't until I took Stan out this morning that I had any, I had any indication that it had snowed, but it's definitely on the ground here. And stuck to the trees and all that? No, just on the ground. Oh, here it is. Yeah, it's like everything's got a white coating on it. It includes every single branch of every tree. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Uh, Howard, you use the term old radio guys. This morning I get up and I see something online. uh, thinking, and, And that came to me. I thought, you know, fodder for people doing radio morning shows today. And every year they do it. It's the, um, you know, the list of top baby names from the previous year. Mm. Um, this being 2023. Not that I'm going to go through the list. because Oh, no, I, saw, I, I, I thought, want you to. Please go through every really? name. Because <laughs> I'm just thinking, if you spun the radio dial this morning, yes. right, I bet you doesn't matter the format, doesn't matter, matter the station. This will be talked about. Do you not agree? Um, yes, I do agree because uh, if nothing, if morning programs love nothing more than lists at the end of the year. It just <laughs> takes care of so many breaks in a morning. <laughs> it does. And then you could talk about, oh, I know some of that with that name, and you know, and. Is my anyway, name on the list, yeah. Well, besides, I was going to say, beside the baby name list, there's always the you know top stories of the year, top you know highest grossing movies, uh, top trends. You know, in my little prep service, top top. top, top. <laughs> um, but you know, we 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 listen. We're as guilty as anyone else. We you know we did those things. We just did them in a ludicrous manner. Oh, absolutely. 
like we would have mocked the shit out of this. This is um, this, that would be our break. Uh, but yeah. but since you've brought it up and we have time, mm-hmm. what are the top baby names? And I guarantee there's not a, a Howard on any list. No. Never has been. But our, I bet you Fred and Dan still show pop up from time to time. Daniel especially. Well, I got the top ten, so there is no Dan, there is no Fred, there is no Howard. Um, girls for the, I think, second year in a row or third year in a row, Olivia is the big name. Then Charlotte, Amelia, Emma. Emma's always on that list. I know a couple of Emmas. Oh. Sophia, big, big, big time. Bigly. Ava, Chloe. Evelyn, Lily, and uh, Maya. I have a niece named Maya. I have a, well, Spencer's uh, partner's name's Amelia. She's the only mm-hmm. Amelia I know. And Charlotte is a derivative, you know, Charlie. So it's kind oh, of in yes. there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, so there's no Howard, Dan, or Fred on the female list? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Danielle. There's no, so Howard didn't make the top female baby names. No. Um, will you go through the top male names, please, before we go to news, sports, and weather? But this is another one that keeps popping up year after year. And I think uh, for the second or third year in a row, number one is, uh, you know, the guy who built the ark. Noah. 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 Noah, get over here. Come here, Noah. Uh, Liam. Why are you you mocking some boy named Noah? Because I hear that name a lot when people are screaming at their kids. Oh, I see. see. Noah. Noah, get over here. Anyway, uh, yeah, that whole story about the Ark and the, the Bible. Come know, on. That's a good one. Come on, Dan. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Jesus. That is, that is that. I mean, that's right up there with the burning bush of the bush, bush and, and walking the, the virgin, on water. The, no, no, seriously. The fucking I, talking if, snake if, or something. If I said, hey, Dan, I have this book where uh, there's a virgin who gives birth to God's baby. You'd be like, come on. I'm not I'm not going to read that. But you see how the suspension of disbelief uh, goes on in the Bible. The one thing you've always been right. How can you this like what would the size of the boat actually have to be? Exactly. You got two two of everything on the planet. But Dan, you know, see see where they get you. This is how religion is indoctrination because they get you when you're too young to know how dumb that is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you if you never heard anything religious until, I don't know, 14, 13, 15, you'd be like, oh, come on. But at three or four, you're like, sure, the bush What's talked. Good, good story. It, yeah, it's a great story. No, that's a, yeah, that's a, you're so true with that. So true, man. You no, know, no, it is. It's, it's, it's just so silly. It's, I know a young man that has uh, notified his parents that he knows there's no Santa Claus, but he's not going to say anything because he doesn't want to upset his sister. And I, and I often think about how consistent that is with, well, inconsistent. The Bible is with like Santa Claus and the Easter bunny. It's like people mature and they move on from Santa Claus and the Easter bunny, but they mature and they don't move on from that bullshit. And, and uh, by the way, how many times have you both heard me, you especially, Fred, say... Oh, how, 4,000 times. How immature, mm-hmm. when I meet somebody who is religious, and, I, and, and in general, how immature I find religious people to be, because they haven't matured beyond the Santa's not mm-hmm. real, and the Ark would have to be the size of a country. Well, the, 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 
<laughs> I'm just laughing. All this from baby names, and we have. And by the way, for you, for you program directors, we haven't got to the mail list yet. Oh, that'll you know, be controversial. When I was when the light went off for me, right with the whole the whole arc thing, is when I was a kid. When I was up north, it was like there's no fucking way that arc could go through the locks. So if he couldn't get through the locks, mm. it couldn't have existed. Yeah, that was... For that very reason, how big does this thing have to be? Right. Well, they'd have to have a bunch of arcs, you know. Oh, like, see, there's yeah. always a, there's always an Well, answer. exactly. Well, know, yeah, you know, why is there cancer? God works in mysterious yeah, right. ways. Why, you know, yeah. I, I think, and we'll get back to the rest of this list, but I have often thought about where my distrust or my curiosity about religion came from and i think the reason it visited upon me a little earlier than most people is because it was so obvious that i was because i was the only one of my kind in moose jaw that it made me think about it earlier than because i was like i just was embarrassed by the whole thing we didn't have a christmas tree we had to go to this funny church we had to wear this thing in our head you know, there was nobody else around me other than my brothers, and they left. <laughs> they got the hell out of there. And um, so I started questioning it early, like, really? We can't eat, we can't eat pork? Why? Excuse me? <laughs> Who made yeah. that rule? Who Ooh, made that dumb a, rule? I had a real nice chop last night. Ooh, it was good. Thick. Yeah. Uh, uh, what The beanie thing again. What is that all about? What does that signify? I forget. You've told me, but, you know, so I say, Well, other religions have it, too. I it's know, the same. What's it, you know, what's well, what, but no, but I'll, I'll, let me explain. Anytime you see somebody whose head is covered, it's yes. to humble yourself in the eyes of the Lord. That's what it is. It's to show the hump to. So because you're because you're just a human being, whether it's a Jew or a Muslim <laughs> or a Catholic, to you do you can show the Lord the top of your head. Weirdly enough, <laughs> though, comes up with I know. This stuff. Weirdly enough, though, women can. Like in in most women can women can although in some religions the more observant that you are the less of the top of your head you can show. Here's how crazy it is with these Hasidic Jews. That's why their women wear wigs. Are you kidding me? That is why. I don't know if you knew this, but the really really super religious Jews, the Hasidics, Hasidim, their women put wigs on top of their hair their own hair because god shouldn't see their own hair because it's too sexy oh jesus (laughs) wow so that's a that's even that like that's that's part of someone's thought process i just find that well think about it fred just fascinating why do you think those guys are wearing turbans what is the point of that that's exactly the, the point of it they're, they're, I know. And why are the I, women in those, whatever that, I guess it's Muslims, why are they wearing the, the whole costume where you can only see their eyes? Well, I saw that yesterday at the Walmart here in Brampton. I a woman like that, and I feel like walking up to her and going, peekaboo, peekaboo. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, maybe, she was just, maybe she was just embarrassed being at Walmart. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Uh, yeah, anyway. Some of this stuff is not even mandated in the scriptures of whatever, you know, it's, it's some, is, is that actually the, the, the yarmulke is not in the, in the Torah or anything, or is it? Dan, I have no idea. I think it is. You know what? I, you know, I haven't read the Torah completely or the Bible or the Koran, but they're, they're all, they're all varying degrees of, of observances and Mm -hmm. it's all made up uh, nonsense. 
you know. Yeah, but like, you know, Holy Communion is uh, something that happened because it happened at the Last Supper, right? And then so they just sort of ex- extrapolated whatever was going on with the bread and the wine okay. and all that. Okay. Thing. Can we get back yeah, to the, let's get back that's to the list because uh, I don't know. So no, you know I, I was just, I went on a bit of a tirade last night. Not a mini one. Really? Because, well, in the kitchen, Delise put the TV on and that Steve Harvey guy came on and I forget what game show he's doing. I can't stand the uh, sight of the guy. Is it Family Feud? I don't no, know. No, no. Really? You can't stand it, the sight of Steve Harvey? No, because he came out and he said, anybody that doesn't believe in God is mentally ill. Oh, I see. Who doesn't or does? Pardon me? Who doesn't or does? Anyone who doesn't believe, does not believe in God is mentally ill. He has no time for anybody that doesn't believe on and on and on. Like, quite cutting against anyone that isn't a believer. He said this on his game show or just in the general world? He said it in talk shows. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. No, he doesn't go off on his talk show or on the game show. But anyway, he'll go. He goes out of his way, you know, to to thump his Bible and demean anyone that doesn't believe in it. And guess who he endorsed for president? The Trumpster. Last week again. Yeah, that yes. convicted rapist Trumpster. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's what he did. So I told you know I told all the story and she agreed. She was nodding her head. <laughs> You know, while you were doing one of your many rants, you know, listen, listen to me. She's nodding her head just to waiting for it to be over is what she was doing. She's like, okay, friend. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go make bark now. (laughs) Going to do what? Go make bark now. Go make bark. (laughs) Um, And and I want to wrap this up, Dan, because I, again, this isn't about you and your religion and any religion in particular, but, um, I saw something recently. I was going to play the whole thing, but it's too long. But a guy kind of like us, anti-religious, went on a bit of a rant, you know, like we do. But one of the things he pointed out was, and I've said this to you, Dan, we've had this discussion. In fact, I had this discussion with your father, who was an actual minister. The Bible was written by human beings. That's number one. So the Bible, the Quran, the Torah was written down it wasn't like it came out of some sky printer. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't like the sky Muppet dictated that to somebody. That was written down by human beings. So that's the first clue that, you know, religion isn't, it isn't, it's not by divine intervention. Anyway, back to this guy's rant. And he reminded me in this, and this is what I was going to play for you guys, that the actual Bible wasn't written on the day that Jesus was born. It was written 100 years or so. Historians debate this. But it wasn't written in the days after Jesus died. It was written 100 years ago by people generations later by nobody who was there, just by stories that they'd heard. And the guy in this rant, that his, his analogy is on January 6th, when that insurrection happened, Within days, that we all saw it live on television, but within days, there were people who had differing opinions of that event. Bringing it back to religion, he said, think about it, that we all saw that and still there was differing opinions. Imagine 100 years passing and the story of Jesus getting handed down through, through generations. That's why I don't believe in religion. Any questions? No. Um, my observation here... All that from just the first boy's name, Noah. 
And there's yeah. still nine to go. I haven't even mentioned. <laughs> well, I said that a minute ago. All that came from yeah. Noah. I think about it a minute ago. I said, hey, program directors, if you're wondering why we can't work on radio. <laughs> this is why. So I'm looking down the list, making sure there's not another religious one, or that'll take up the whole show. <laughs> By the way, to, to correct you just a little bit, I think that they, uh, the disciples wrote their books in the Bible a little, like, seventy when they were, like, somewhere between 50 and 70, remembering times when they were in their 20s and 30s. So that's okay. one aspect of it. And I think they, that they the, wrote some of the books of the Bible. They yeah, wrote some, well, but but and and by the way, speaking of that, there are one of the disciples, Mark or Matthew, where that there's a book of the Bible that we that we that apparently never gets you know tossed into it. But whatever it is, it's it wasn't the day after. No, that's right. And then uh, like 900 years after was the Nicene Council sat down and figured out which of all these letters to whatever they were going to make up the Bible. And so that was, you know, like another thing to look at. But back to the discussion I had with your father. King James Version with all of these and thou. All of that. So think about the discussion I had with your dad. Back to what I said originally. So the apostles wrote it down. They wrote it down. They didn't get a memo from, you know, God. Anyway, Fred, what are the other names on this list? (laughs) <laughs> number two is liam well i got about nine minutes on liam i'd like to number three is oliver that's a nice friendly name uh four is theodore i'm surprised at that theo is the short but i'm a little surprised at that one number five is you know it's a real go-to is jack uh, Benjamin, which is Ben, Lucas, William seems to be the only real tradi- well, traditional from our era name on here, William, uh, Ethan, and Leo. So there you go. That's that. As I say, Jack and William, sort of from our era, all these other names when we were kids, I didn't. I didn't know any. I, I, I've them. always loved that name, Oliver. I've always thought that was a cool name. And, and Liam yes. is a great name, too. You know, yes. I, I have this uh, bit about when you know, any, anytime somebody asks, you know, what or you ask somebody the name of their child, the only answer is, oh, that's a great name. Mm-hmm. You know, like, seriously, if somebody tells you their child's name is, you know, Luna and, uh, you know, Stefan, and you go, what kind of fucking names are those? That gets them. That, that, can, and that can aggravate a parent. Because yes. I had that happen with Charlie. Right. Charlie was, uh, we were early adopters to the mm-hmm. sort of whatever, that unisex name. And I remember women saying, older women would say, what kind of name is that for a little girl? Oh, and I, and I learned, yeah, well, yeah, but I learned early mm-hmm. on that, you know, your only response is, it's a great name. Yeah. Um, here are the top... Um, Huh? Go no, ahead. no, you go. No, uh, then, <laughs> then there's a note here about the U.S. and how close it is. Olivia is also number one in the states. Okay, by the way, and uh, boys, uh, Liam I think took the top spot, but Elijah is that not a biblical name? Yeah. Elijah or not? Yeah, is yeah. it? Yeah. Sure. Okay, well that that made the U.S. list, which you might expect. Top ten dog names. <laughs> top 10 dog names in canada are you ready yeah yeah number one luna wait a minute are you supposed to go from uh, 10 to one okay sorry yes you're right yeah you're right i apologize the countdown right and i i've listened it's been a while since i've been on regular radio i forgot exactly (laughs) i forgot forgot how shit worked the top 40 countdown is a countdown yeah but did did he do did you do your countdown from 10 to one 
No. See? I refuse. I refuse. Dan, he didn't do his countdown. <laughs> How come you didn't notice that? Well, it's, it's coming to me now that we're doing okay, all well, these. I'll, I'll do okay, this. All right. 10 to 1. Just to make you happy. 10 to 1. Number 10, Bailey. Number 9, Molly. Number 8, Coco. Juliet, uh, my lady uh, in Mexico, Minovia, has a cat named Coco and Cacao. Two cats. Anyway, Bailey, Molly, Coco. Number seven, Cooper. These are dogs' names. Number six, Max. Mm -hmm. Number five, Daisy. Number four, Milo. Number three, Bella. Number two, Charlie, which is Mm. also the top male dog name. And number one is Luna. Wow. I like all those names for people, too. Yeah, those are great names for people. I'm a little surprised on the list. I thought there would be more traditional um, names, traditional uh, people names, meaning I hear a lot of like last week, this guy down the street here, he's calling his dog Patrick. Hey, Patrick. And, you know, there's Dougie and there's Stan and Clifford. So much of that going on. I just thought that that list would be have more of those names. Well, Molly, Charlie, yeah, Molly. Milo, Bella, Max, those are sort of people names. Max, yeah. But that trend again when we were kids, I don't think I ever heard that. They were all more sort of doggy yeah. names, King and um a lot of kings when I was a kid. Every German shepherd, every other German shepherd name was King yeah. or Adolf, you know. Um I'm trying to think. I've had uh, I had uh, Rattler was one of my dog's names. Uh, That's a good name, yeah. Then of course the uh, the dog I had when I met you, Fred um, Loman. Mm-hmm. Where and did that come from? From uh, when I was a kid, my dad was in a play called Death of a Salesman, and the main character's oh, right. name was mm-hmm. Willie Loman, mm-hmm. and I always loved that name, Loman. Yeah. And uh, so I had uh, Rattler, Loman, Tucker, the uh, family dog. Tucker lasted a long time, 16 years. And Tucker came because there was only one, we, there was no breeder of that dog in Canada. And so we got the dog from Kentucky. And so the kids called it Tucker. And then, of course, Stan. Yeah. And I, I can't had a bar- remember. A Barney, a Barney and a Billy. Those are the only two dogs I really had. And then now there's Dougie and Melanie has a dog named Winnie, which again is a human name and then you had clifford clifford yeah and before that uh the when i was a kid i had a dog named bingo and bingo was his name that was exactly and bingo was his name We'll have to put uh, yeah, but I a, laughed. I actually laughed last week. The guy passes me in the park. <laughs> he goes, he calls his dog Patrick, not Pat. Patrick, Patrick, come here. And uh, I just found that amusing. There's a couple dogs in this uh, in the complex I live in. There's Remy, which was a, a sort of a German Shepherd style dog. I love that dog. And they, and then a little dog Marley, which I think is a great name for a dog. I knew a Marley. Dog yeah, Marley, yeah. too. Yeah, dog Marley. Mm-hmm. Um, well, listen, I don't know what else we've got. How can we top this opening of the show? How is it possible? Um, I, we got an email. Normally, we do emails on uh, d- 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 Thursday. That's our email day. But uh, this was uh, something I had put aside. You brought it up in Hi our guys. little pre-show meeting. Hi, guys. 
because it really is a follow-up on a topic we had been discussing before we took our last break. And it comes from Gord. Gord says, uh, hi, guys. Sorry, I can't make the trek to Burlington. Hope you have a great party. Haven't heard anything on Fred's Orlando delay. I'm curious how it turned out. I hope he already... This is an email. Word for word, Dan. I hope he already applied and received compensation for his delayed flight. New sentence. Hope uses hope again. Fred submitted his claim and not taking less than $400 per person. And the end, he ends with a traditional humble and Fred uh, sign off. Good luck and stay strong. Gord. Yeah. <laughs> so have Sorry. you have you have you submitted yet then Fred? No. Well no. Well what was give everyone some context because originally you got up that morning and there was a couple hour delay and that's how all this started. The flight was uh supposed to leave I think it was 1:30 originally. Or was it 11:30? No, it was 1:30. Yeah, it was 1:30 and then that became 4 and then I and ultimately I think 5. Um, but we went to the airport early and, uh, when I was getting my bag tags out of the machine, it coughed out 60 bucks in restaurant vouchers. And we met Darren and Lori in a restaurant and had a drink and it was a pleasant afternoon. And, uh, I never gave that a thought and don't plan on it. Am I silly? Am I wrong? Well, okay. The original flight was, uh, what time again? One thirty. One thirty, and I think it left around five. And without getting way back into this, because I can't remember the details, but I think you are so one to so it's really only three and a half hours, with something like that. Yeah, I don't know if that. I don't know if Gord's right. Anything over three hours qualifies. It does for four hundred dollars. You think? Yeah. And how long do you have to apply? (laughs) Yes. Let's get back into this. I don't know. I don't know that. I'm sure there's. It's you know. It's probably months before you. you, you and is there companies that will do this for you? No, apply for you, and then you give them a percentage. Well, there should be, no. but there isn't. Yeah. Okay. And listen, I'm a I'm a nitwit, and I I figured it out. It's pretty. It really isn't that difficult. There's a, a site you go to, and you just fill it in and put in your flight well, number. Really? What yeah. was the reason they told you that the the uh, flight wasn't running? The plane had a problem and getting a replacement um plane was a bit of an issue see that's a little mired and you don't know for sure because if it i think if it's something out of their control then then they don't have to pay you <laughs> but if it is within their control but they often couch it in like you know it's like a couple of planes ago was the problem so it was like a different plane got a got a mechanical mm. and then um, and it's just, and then they, they it, it cascades down the line. So rather than, uh, it's just to prevent. It's really, it's a, it's a, to pu- a pushback so that the airlines are not doing stupid things like they had done. Like this wouldn't exist if it hadn't been that they just been treating passengers like cattle and not caring about you know how long the delays are and all well, see that, this right? is this you is know? exactly fred brought up something a second ago and i've known you my whole life i've just realized what your life's work should have been because <laughs> dan dan's dan, no 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 you're yeah, this is no, yeah. no dan mm-hmm. dan loves this so much you can hear him talking even the way the, the way they chew this like cattle but here's what you should have started a site wank.com where you go <laughs> and your people uh wank on behalf of other people 
where you there really should be a service where listen i've got a, i don't have time to stay on hold for an hour with rogers or figure out how air canada owes right. me money you call wank.com dan duran yeah. president Excellent. And you wank on behalf of people. It's like an advocacy, but for, uh, for you know, everyday, um, smaller kind of uh, problems. Which would be great for you, Dan, because that type of uh, confrontation actually, I think, gives you an erection. Oh, my so. God. He, he's, get, he's getting a half chub just thinking about it. I can tell. You know, nothing gets him so passionate when, he, oh, when they treat you like cattle. Oh, the yeah. man. See, Stan and I differ somewhat. It's like, you know, I'm not the most popular guy at the trailer park because I'm often saying to these guys, like, you know, they are running a business here. Oh, yeah. Like, they are trying to make money. They are looking for revenue streams. This is a commune. This is what you do with a business. (laughs) And again, maybe it's because since you and I started running a business, I have a better appreciation for that. The idea is you get up each day and you think, well, how can we generate more revenue? Isn't that horrible? Number one. Um, Number two, at the airport, I, you know, three and a half hours, but I can't, I'm always fascinated at the airport. We've talked about this. I look at the people and I look out at the planes and they're landing and they're taking off all the logistics involved. Somehow I cut them a break. Like I, I wouldn't want to be in charge of this. I wouldn't want to have to figure this all out. So if the odd thing happens, the odd little fuck up, which I haven't had a many over the course of my traveling career, and it's been somewhat extensive. Um, I, I just can't get revved up about it because I look at the, the, the whole spectrum of it. Well, this is why you're not. You know? By the way, this is why we're not hiring you at wank.com. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this is this You're is really this, this people this, break. This, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, this yeah. will be part of the at the interview process. You would be turned away. <laughs> um, yeah, I know, Dan. Listen, the, the world isn't a commune. You know, it's it's not. We're not we're not living in some utopian, mm-hmm. you know, uh, fantasy land where everything is fair and the, ma- <laughs> the the these airlines. I by the way, as a I don't know if you guys know, I'm a pilot, but as a pilot, I also sympathize and empathize with the idea that there's a lot of movement there. Oh, and wow. whether the plane I, and I think you said this before we did the break there or before the break when you were going away, like I'd rather know that there was a mechanical issue. And they got another plane before I left the ground. But, but yeah. Dan, what do you say to all this? You still think that Air Canada is out to, get to break our backs, break let, the backs let, of the working men? <laughs> let me just interject here. I don't no, know. It's in Dan's my, turn. In the, I don't know how many flights I've taken in my life. Let's say it's 250, maybe. I don't know. 200, whatever. I can count on one hand how many flights have been actually delayed. Right. So when I work those percentages and and appreciate what it is, I what have I, what have I got to complain about? I'm I'm the same. And let me interject your interjection before Dan gets a chance to answer. Poor Dan. Um, here's the thing with me too. I can count again. I've taken hundreds of flights. There was a time those years in the in the states. I was on airplanes twenty mm-hmm. thirty times a year, just going from town to town. I have never had. Sorry, not never. Once in all those flights, had my luggage lost once, been delayed a few times. So I also approach it like, you know, given those numbers, you know, I'm pretty good. Okay, Dan, we've interjected enough. The floor is yours, Dan. (laughs) Dan. The flight deck is yours, Dan. (laughs) They're breaking the backs of the man. Understanding logistics is very yes. complicated. Yes. I get that what you're saying, uh-huh. Fred and Howard. That Thank makes you, Dan. Sense. But I mean, that, that don't forget that the that in every aspect of 
most businesses, there's systems that have evolved over time to address all the issues or whatever. And in the past, airlines have not prioritized passengers in the way that most passengers think they should. In, in other words, like overbooking flights and not really compensating the people who can't get on a plane. And don't forget that you're, you, most of the time you're traveling as a, uh, as a vacationer. But if you're a business person and you expect you, need, you, know, you get to need to get to somewhere by, by such and such a time, you're expecting that there may be some delays, but not hours and hours. I've been on, like I've been on flights, and, and it's not something necessarily a regulation can address. But I've been stuck 12 hours in an airport behind, behind the line because there was a medical emergency on a plane. The person actually ended up back on the plane that had the, the emergency. But we, we, we're all in, a, in a, uh, a small little airport, this boarding lounge, and we're not allowed to leave. It was bizarre, but it was had to do with customs and the rules and everything else. But it was like it, it wasn't really considered that we, we were not told at any point along the line what was going on. And that would have been the number one thing that would have mm. like, calmed things down. But there's all uh, kinds of incidents. Yeah, I'm like just that. I'm sure there's I lots. Know. Everyone it's, has. We're talking percentages, yeah. though. I, and and I, I, I empathize with what you're saying. Everyone's got a story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I was once on a plane where uh, we got to the gate early and there was some problem. And then we stuck on the plane for a couple hours at the airport. And, and but overall, I mean, again, you've flown as much as anyone I've known. You know, you had access to uh, low, you know, for long, many years, you could fly anywhere in the world for 20 bucks. So you've right. probably taken more flights than the average person. But uh, this is why uh, from the management and staff of wank dot com. This is you are the, you are the perfect person to to advocate for people who don't who, for people who wouldn't. Uh, right. right back to the original point of this conversation. Like, it really wasn't. I had this, the one time I did get compensation from Air Canada, it was a 10-hour delay in a foreign country. And if it wasn't for a Humble and Fred listener who advised me, I wouldn't have even thought of it, but it couldn't have been easier to get my money back. I will say this, though, that there was a story we had a couple months ago. I think I think I brought it up for Dan's sake, that the number of backlogged, and I don't know if this includes this, complaints in the airline industry are astronomical Hmm. so i don't know if this qualifies as a complaint this would be more of a you know different they would have a different mechanism for fred's issue but and am i talking cash money here or the four hundred dollar voucher towards a flight cash money cash well, what? a check or deposited directly into your account as yeah, it's what? happening. What? Cash money. What? <laughs> Cash money. All of a sudden, so, Fred's tune has changed. Oh, I know. Doll and I are looking at 800 bucks. Yeah, man. Yeah. You are. That'd clean up a lot of Christmas. Hmm. Well, maybe. <laughs> well, wait, listen, if it's Christmas, maybe. you should you should put it directly into Ball, uh, Doll's uh, account because she's the one spending the money. This is uh, how capitalism works. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, well, we got lots of stuff to get to. Um, but, Dan, I think that, I've, uh, again, there's a couple things I, I've come up with that I thought would have made you a ton of money. Um, the photography, the, uh, the coffee table book we were going to do together, right, and yeah. wank.com. 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 Dan Duran, president. Love the idea. Yeah. Okay. Well, we might well, have to research the name because it may. It's probably been taken. Yeah. Some by a porn site of some sort. <laughs> That's right. Hey, um, thanks, Gord. From YYZ Gord. Thanks for bringing that up and uh, reminding us of uh, that because a lot of stuff that gets 
thrown around here on the show is forgotten. By the way, there must have been a lot of poop on the ark. On Noah's Ark. Yes. How do you do do? Hygiene. I guess overboard, right? Yeah. Toss it in the ocean. (laughs) Yeah. So you just go to the Air Canada website, Dan, what you search out, I'm pissed off or complaints or refunds. What do you do? Yep. What? 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 What's the actual thing I'm looking for? Uh, Flight delays. Delayed. Flight flight, Flight delay compensation. Flight delay compensation. Okay. Yeah. You know, we've got some new people here, you know, since uh, Voldemort, which is now a couple of years ago. And sometimes we'll get people who will say, you know, and we had this discussion this year about you're a Hundy P from what point? And there's a great group of people that are Hundy P's from uh, just uh, in the last couple of years. And I think we should have at some point, maybe not today, because, you know, we've gotten way off topic. But we should have a, a Humble and Fred primer for some of the things that are said on the show right. that our, our listeners will sometimes reference that maybe if you're a new listener, you might not know where it came from, including including the name Hundy P, because mm-hmm. that's fairly, uh, that's part of the podcast years. Oh, yeah. The phrase, stay strong. Mm-hmm. There's an origin story to that. So I, I think maybe in the new year we do that. We have like a... Welcome yes. to the new year and, and come up with this. Probably f- I'm forgetting others. Do you think we should send Derringer a thank you note? Absolutely. We should just send him a nice thank you <laughs> note and a nice card. That's right. And we'll both sign it saying thank you very much for. <laughs> well, even that for if you don't you know, know, if you're new, handing us to handing uh, us a lot of listeners. Oh, yeah. It was, it was great. But even that uh, calling him Volk, who, who is Voldemort. Mm-hmm. On the Humble yes. and Fred show. There's a whole, there's, I, I think if we put our heads together, Fred, we could come up with five or six. We could do the top Humble and Fred references of 2023. And to tie a bow on this, you said stay strong. Stay strong came from you seeing Rob Ford one day and yeah. saying hello. <laughs> it got all, and you said stay strong I for got whatever awkward. reason. Yeah, because he had cancer. Yes. Remember? Mm-hmm. And I was so awkward. I didn't know what to say to him. I said, hey, Your Honor, how you doing? He recognized me. And uh, he was just been announced he was fighting cancer. And I didn't know what to say. So I said, well, stay strong. And, and I'm sure he appreciated awkward. it. But And then to talk about names. Now, the small football stadium at uh, Centennial Park in Etobicoke, I believe that's where the stadium is. Toronto City Council wrestled with this last week. Should they or should they not name it Rob Ford Stadium? Oh, yeah. And ultimately, they did, which I totally agreed with. I mean, I think we talked about a, a bit about this on the show. The man struggled with addiction and what have you, but he did a lot for football and a lot for youth in Etobicoke, and that should have been recognized for that. But it was, it was um, to watch the, the battle and the fight over this thing um, was something else. Those that thought, you know, because of his history as as mayor, he wasn't worthy of having the stadium named after him. But again, they they brought up all these incidents, incidents or situations where he helped a lot of youth, black youth and, you know, football equipment and paying their registration and on and on and on. Yeah, Ultimately, I think that personally, I think they did the right. I do, too. And and, and, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I I did see a lot lot of the stuff that came up while they were debating whether they 
they should or shouldn't and did he deserve it or not all of a sudden you were seeing pictures of him smoking crack and yeah you know but 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 that's such a woke thing that's such a yes. modern society thing that they couldn't just let it be and and recognize in the city of etobicoke former city of etobicoke he is wild the whole family wildly mm-hmm. loved Mm-hmm. So all it is is naming the place as a recognition of the service that he gave to the community. Right. And it came down to um, all the good he did and the struggles he had yeah. and how many people wanted to identify the struggles and not name the stadium after him. Olivia Chow, you know, king size lefty. She voted for it. And when they asked her why, you know what? You know what she said? Because Jack really liked Rob. They mm-hmm. were good friends. And Jack recognized what a good. Oh, yeah. His soul. What a good soul he was. Oh, I thought you were going to say, uh, mm. you know, crack don't smoke itself. So, he, you know, maybe, maybe. <laughs> <That's> uh, Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, hey, there a couple yeah. of times, you know, Jack and uh, Mayor Crackhead got mm. together. Um, all right, Dan. Mm. Yep. Another great uh, segment. Well, it's uh, all from the Bible. One all time. from the Bible, yeah. my friend. Yeah. And uh, Dan's news coming up. Also, we're going to talk uh, to our friend in Florence, Italy. It's, a, it's all international guests today because Lumbee's standing by from France. We're going to talk about the world of uh, junior mining. But first, let's talk about this world. Well, you know, Tim Niblett is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Yesterday, in Tim's spot, we had Jay Bondi on, uh, representing, uh, you know, uh, Sharp, Raymond James. And he talked about, and he talked about, and Raymond James, and uh, he talked about, uh, you know, giving. Not just giving for a tax break, just the overall idea of giving and what it can do for us spiritually. Yes, it can. And again, if it's enough, and now there are some tax implications that can work to your benefit. If you want to listen to yesterday's show, if you didn't catch it, it was very, very interesting, very timely. Uh, Retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca is how to get a a hold of uh, Tim who I believe will be back in the new year. Yeah, absolutely. Did you know that Kelsey's has been winging it since 1978? And speaking of Kelsey's, this is uh, one of the performers tomorrow. My uh, daughter's partner, Amelia, and uh, her will be singing this song. I just, you know, I can't get enough of this. It's such a great little Christmas, December kind of vibe. Kelsey's is uh, serving their legendary chicken wings. For half price every Thursday, sauced and styled, how you like them. By the way, tomorrow we're giving away to one lucky Humble and Fred listener. Wings for a year at Kelsey's. But just get there. You can wash these wings down on Thursdays with a $6 Coors. So what are you waiting for? Grab your buds and head to Kelsey's this wing night and celebrate the start of the weekend the right way. Offer is valid with the purchase of a beverage. Must be legal drinking age. Please drink responsibly. Um, Along with uh, Spencer, there's going to be Scary Pete, Uncle Vince, Pete's kid, uh, Dylan Gray. Our friend uh, Ryan McCallum's sister, Lisa, who performed on our show remotely last year. 
And uh, tomorrow's program for you people who are not going to be there, you know, it's a typical Humble and Fred Christmas. You know, it'll be just, you know, we're not going to be debating a lot of big issues. We will just, uh, you know, have fun, have some performances. Everyone will get something to eat at Kelsey's. And I kind of like what we're doing on, like, well, what, what? No, I'm just thinking, you know. We spend half this show railing against religion, but come to our Christmas show tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Because I don't want to. That thought has yeah, to go through people's I, minds. Yeah, but I don't. I, I don't want. I can't, we could call it a holiday party, but I think that's so dopey. Oh, I totally agree. You know, it's whatever. And, and I don't want to get a d- debate into the fact that, you know, this isn't even historically when Jesus was born, but whatever. No, it was not. Um. But I like what we're doing on Thursday, because normally tomorrow would be our last program together. And then we would sort of finish our year on kind of a a show that's not typical of our show. But but Thursday, we're going to do our regular show with one exception. And that is Stephen Page will be with us. Just uh, right. the last 20 minutes of the show will be us and Stephen singing some songs, him singing, not us. And I like that we're ending it that way. Yeah. You know, Dan yesterday on the show said, aren't we going to talk about our family Christmas traditions? Maybe on Thursday, you know, off the top of the show or at some point in the show, we yeah. can we can do that. I like that. Yeah. What those are, I'd have to think about it. But Well, how, how would you have to think about it? What do you do every well, year? I don't know. Like, well, yeah, I, I, you know, I guess. But we don't we don't have any, you know, uh, this Christmas tradition, nothing unique or anything like some people have. I, I just don't. Well, I, I don't think you need to overthink it. I think, OK, so yours would be, well, we have the kids over and this is what we serve. And yeah. we, this we have a our traditions mm-hmm. are we have the fake. We have a couple of trees, one in the living yeah. room, one in the wherever you are, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, you've helped me. Okay, you've well, helped me well listen, we can, if you want me to call you later, I can tell you some more of yours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can tell you uh, one of the traditions of my holiday season is always on Boxing Day. I uh, have a very good friend, actually two of them, who share a birthday. And one of the traditions is uh, this gentleman wanking about how it's the worst, absolute worst time to have a birthday because on the 25th, it's all about Jesus and no one gives a crap about the 26th when it's Jeff Lumby's birthday. But I do. Welcome back to the program. The, uh, Thanks, buddy. The host of Jeff and Julie moved to France in a global pandemic. Well, it's not, you know, it's not even so much that it's that everybody's just gassed, right? Everybody's just mm-hmm. after Christmas Day, they've done all their shopping and e- eaten all their turkey and done all their stuff. And it's like, oh, no, I got to go to Lumbee's party now. Oh, you got to be kidding me. You know, like, <laughs> but but uh, but jokies aside, when you were a kid, though, it must have been a bit of a drag. And although I'm sure your parents, knowing who they were, made it special. But think about it. Everyone was getting excited about Christmas. And as a little kid, you're like, yeah, but uh, the day after's, you know, my special day. Yeah. And then and then compounded by the fact that a lot of gifts would come in. Merry Christmas and happy birthday. Take it back. Don't even <laughs> want it. Mm. Don't even want it. I often I know times change and uh, times were different and birth control and all that. But I often wonder you're birth you control. were. Well, you were conceived 
in March. I wonder, did your parents think like, geez, if we do this now, we might have a Christmas baby. Is that the best thing to be doing? Do you really think that was going through their head? At that I time? don't know. This is the question I'm asking. No, I know. It seems a bit odd. Were, were you thinking that with all? Were you thinking, oh, wait a minute. Hang on. Hang on. This could be an April Fool's baby. Like, were we <laughs> no, really yeah, thinking four. about that? Or were, you, yeah, or were you like most married couples or men at that point going, I don't know what's happening, but I think something's happening. Let's, you know, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not worrying about dates right now, but I think something's no. about to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a bit of a leap there, Fred, I think. But, uh, <laughs> well, anyway, next uh, week is uh, our friend Jeff Lumby's. Uh, birthday on the 26th and fred maybe you don't know this but a very good friend of all of ours including dan is a uh, guy we've referenced on the show from time to time danny kingsbury who is not only a longtime radio friend of jeff and dan and i but was the guy that actually was your boss who put our show together yeah and danny and jeff share a birthday and not only a birthday a birth year so we're we're to the to the day the same wow. age Wow. I'm not going to tell you what, what that age is because it just doesn't matter. But, um, yeah. So, and, and oh, we've yeah. always, uh, we've always gotten together one way or the other, Zoom call or whatever. Hopefully we can do that on, on this Boxing Day. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's what it is. I, and my mom feels bad that I feel that I, I'm just having fun. I don't really give a crap. I'm just having fun kvetching about my birth date. Mm. Uh, because you're right. My, my parents did try and make it a, a very special day. All of yeah. them. I think that'll be interesting for all the people that have known you for 40 years that really all this kvetching has just been for fun. Oh, for sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so this, what it was. this is a bit, this, you know, for, you know, you're saying you don't have to mention your age. This is a big one for you. Are you not 65 this year? Is that the deal? Like I said, we don't really need to talk about age here, do we? Do Why? We? What's, just, who cares? We just... Can we just move on? All right. Yeah, Fred's about to turn 68. Oh, yeah, I'll be 68 in July. Eesh. And uh, and the How Man, the How Man is still just, a, mm. you know, a baby. I'm going to be 64 on January 24th. You know, they uh, have you read that thing? Uh, is it Outliers? What's the guy's name? Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell, about, yeah. about- about athletes, the, in, the the greatest athletes in the world are kind of in in his estimation are born kind of between January and March. Yeah, hockey players and, especially, especially hockey players like Gretzky really? and stuff yep. like that. Yeah, and and it's really interesting. And I, I kind of put you into that category with your golf, Howard, because. Uh, and there is something to it. I'm born at the worst time of the year for an athlete because I would have been uh, at the tail end of that year growing up. So I would have been like the younger of the 12th graders or the youngest right. of the 8th graders, whereas these these guys are the are the front runners of that grade. And that's mm. why they almost have a year on everybody else. And it's just an interesting, hmm. an interesting theory. And, and he's got lots of proof. And, lots and, of data. And, 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 of, and the interesting data. thing about it was if you've it's called uh, what's the one with the 10,000 hours? What was the name of the tipping book? Point, tipping, tipping point. Tipping point. Yeah. And Freddie talks a lot about how hockey players, he uses Canada as an example. Some of the best players were born in that in that time period. In my hmm. case, what happened to me is I was at the front of my cohort, as he would say, early on. And then I got. I got accelerated. I skipped a grade. So I went from being one of the older kids to being the youngest kid. But what, oh. it, but what it did for me in hockey is I was the same size I, because I sort of grew a little bit. And so I always played a, a league up. Um, when I was, you know, when I was Bantam, I played midget. When I played, when I was midget, I played junior because I was in the same grade as those kids. 
and has sort of grown up around it. But there is, um, yeah, there's a lot to that. Uh, yeah, it's and, interesting. And Fred, you were born in, uh, in July, you say? I, I think I... Yes. Yeah, that's not a good year for, for anything, really, for golf or hockey. A good month, you mean? <laughs> a good, good month? month. No. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I, I have no idea. I know. I, I share a birthday with O.J. Simpson. Hmm. Come on. Yeah. O.J. Simpson and Tom Hanks and Jeff Holy. Merrick. Yeah. That's O.J. Yeah, that's, it is, eh? Yeah. That's funny. I think, I think I've got, like, uh, I, I think I've got all dictators on Boxing Day. <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know. Attila the frickin' Hun and all these people. It's, 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 I don't know. Um, yesterday on the show, we talked about Jeff and Julie moved to France, global pandemic, which is about to enter into a, a place a lot of podcasts never get to, which is episode 100. And we, uh, again, congratulations in person. In Thank person. you, guys. Um, but I was Thanks of, for the platform. Thanks for the platform. Dude, I, I was, it's, it's our pleasure. And I go, we, we go back a long way and you, you talking about what podcast you wanted to do. But Freddie, I was going back and forth with Lummy this morning, just messaging him. And we're talking about what we wanted to talk about on the show today. And a couple things. I wanted to ask this question of both of you. Because now we've all gone through this. We've done it. We, we went through our first hundred episodes. So Jeff, um, to you first, what is it about? What is it about podcasting you know now, I'll say, that you didn't know when you started 100 episodes later? That's a great question. I mean, our first seven episodes were kind of easy because it was all about how we got there. So it was just recalling all of the trauma that got us to France. Then after that, the whole thing kind of flipped and we started talking about the positives of France and uh, we, you know, we started generating our content based on our experiences. But uh, to your question, what I've learned after 100 episodes is, you, you know, you can't obviously generate a, a weekly podcast by your experiences, especially in this time of the year. Like there's nothing going on here. I mean, there's literally like there are half of the restaurants that we frequent in the summer are closed for the winter mm-hmm. to, to that degree. Uh, and you know, uh, so going, and it's just not the same going to a chateau and talking about it when it's crappy out like that. So the thing that I've learned is even though you, you kind of want to stay in your lane because podcasts are all about, I believe staying pretty close to your lane, because if it gets, if, if it gets too expansive, if it gets too out and about, then you really, you're not differentiating yourself enough from other podcasts. But what I would say is you don't have to generate your own content on a weekly basis. So what I'm, what I mean by that is, you know, we'll go and we'll, we'll take in lots of news reports about France and, mm-hmm. and or Canada, and we can weave those into a podcast about a, maybe a lesser experience. So that's the one thing that, that, that I've taken from that you can expand your lane a little bit and not have to generate the actual content. And Freddie, before you answer, I would say to that though, Jeff, by the time you get to a hundred episodes, people that are listening to you too, Jeff and Julie and Julie is so goddamn good at this, but so engaging and sweet and charming that by this time, you know, they're just listening to you, not just for the moving to France experience, but because they like you, Freddie, we started off in uh, October of 2011, you know, and, We've talked about it, you know, we kind of thought it was an audition for us to get back into radio in some way. But what do you think we've learned? You know, what do you think we got in the first hundred episodes that we wouldn't have known on that day when we started? That's a good question. Um, I haven't a lot had a lot of time to ponder this. I, um, you know, the in sort of instant 
Well, you wouldn't even call it instant gratification. With radio, you did a show and people either heard the show or didn't hear the show on that particular day. So yeah. material may have been wasted on a big segment of your audience. What I like about the podcasting world and I keep reminding myself of is that you may have a show that has X amount of listeners on the day you do it. But a month later, that audience may be three, four times more. Mm -hmm. So I like the fact that material isn't sort of wasted the way it was on radio. The point I'm making, uh, I don't really know, but that's one thing I learned about it. Don't think that you're going to get this instant response from podcasts because we were conditioned to think you would when you don't. No, that's, a, Freddie, yeah. that's a great point, actually, mm -hmm. because I can't tell you how many times somebody will all of a sudden you'll see a post on the Facebook page, which is really great to have that companion mm -hmm. piece for us because they'll be like, oh, wow, that's a rough break about your car. Oh, yeah, right. Like episode, yeah. Yeah. you know, absolutely something like that. So well, that's a really good point. Just before you came on, I was talking about how there's so many references our listeners make that if you're a yeah. new listener, you may not know where it came from. And, and there's a lot of sort of humble and Fred, you know, lingo or whatever. And part of the lexicon that just is, is, is been accrued over 11 years of doing the show. What I was sort of there was part of this follow up to it. I was sort of saying to Jeff that. And it's interesting that you brought up radio because what I didn't know on day one that we sort of quickly learned by certainly episode 100 was that this isn't like radio. Like we're th all three of us were conditioned to a certain rhythm of doing our jobs. Jeff and I especially, and I say that because we had to back sell the records, set mm -hmm. up the conversation, promo this, and then in our case, Freddie and I, you and I would talk, and then I would have to go back to mm -hmm. being a disc jockey. And so this format, it certainly blows that rhythm up. And I think by the time, you know, a couple months had gone by, I learned that you can just air things out in a completely different way. But... But, but Howard, sorry, that said, that training that we had in terrestrial radio was so integral to putting together a, a seamless, a coherent sh uh, a podcast that, that has direction, that has a lot of the elements uh, just on a broader basis, like from a time point of view. Absolutely. But I mean... But we had to make things, you know, be, because we're dealing with, in radio, two, three, four-minute bits, uh, so we had to make things... You know, crisp, clean, in, out. And I think when you apply that to a larger format, uh, that's what sort of separates, to me, some of the better podcasts with the rambling ones. Well, the, funny you say that, because that's something I've often thought about. You know, podcasts, the uh, successful ones, they tame, tame to be, uh, they tend to be niche, like yours is France and moving. We don't have that. This is still a humble and fresh show, you know, and, and we sort of go counter to what they claim a podcast should be. I mean, we do because the successful podcasts are niche. They're about one specific thing that you go to them because you want to know about this or but, that. But, you had, but yeah, I was kind of talking about our ours being niche and we kind of set the parameters of it early. Mm -hmm. In your case, your brand was already there. Yeah, our, our, right. our, our brand is our niche. But, yeah, but your right. brand is your niche. But yeah. you, mm -hmm. and, and, and again, it's interesting that you uh, brought up the idea that what we learned in radio 
you know, I, I've certainly have been able to been able to apply to this because even though to the untrained ear, it just sounds like we're rambling or going from topic to topic. But, you know, Fred and I have having done this together so long and you know this about me, Fred, there's still a format in my head somewhere where mm-hmm. I, I know instinctively it's time for. You know, time to wrap Dan up and get to some commercials. And now it's mm-hmm. time to get Jeff on. There's some formatics to this. It's just, as Jeff said, it's just a different, it's sort of, it's expanded. But that muscle that what we all learned in radio. And, and again, when you tell a story, Fred, or I'm talking about something, we know instinctively when it's time to kind of either wrap it up or get onto something else. Which brings me to this other thing I said to Lumby. I said, you know, once we talk about podcasting, I thought it would be interesting, uh, interesting to talk a little bit about what, because we often, certainly on the show, fucking rail about radio, but do we miss anything about radio? Oh, there's lots. Uh, yeah. When I say there's lots I miss about radio, uh, it, it actually it actually is just, say, 5.30 to 9. That's it. I don't miss driving to work. I don't miss driving home from work. Yeah, yeah. I do. I don't. I, I, and I, I do miss the interaction with, I'm going to say, the two great program directors that I worked with, Danny Kingsbury and Scott Turner. Can't remember any others that, that really <laughs> answered the bell. No, I, I just can't yeah, yeah. because those guys, both Danny and Scott, actually brought something to the table that was that would be of interest and, and to make me a better person on the radio. So I, I do miss those those interactions, um, uh, but I don't miss doing movie premieres and emceeing anything. Yeah. I don't miss any of that stuff. But as a, as a guy that did, ra- you know, sort of, I would say, uh, a, a DJ show for a long, long time, as a podcaster now, and this is what I'm going to throw it to Fred in a second, as a podcaster now, do you miss any of that? Like, the forget the outside of the show part. Is there anything about broadcasting that you sort of don't the get? Immediacy. The, the immediacy. I was just yeah. going to use that word. Yeah, the immediacy of, uh, of the show. And so when I was working with either you, Howard, or Mike Richards, um, it, it, it was just like, so we're doing these bits live and, and, and more with Mike, there was so much going on because we were doing character driven stuff. Mm-hmm. So sometimes there was script stuff. Sometimes there was, it was improv. And so when you're doing improv, uh, which is a little bit different than, you know, just, uh, going through a topic, you're doing improv and you're trying to get to a destination. Um, and it's live. That's just a whole different ball game. Just a whole different ball game, and there's a there's a nervousness and an anxiousness that goes with that. That's kind of fun and and risky and scary. Mm-hmm. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, you know, last week we thought there was something wrong with my internet, so we were just gonna not do the show. Um, you can't do that in radio, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Some little thing happens you can't say, oh, we won't do the show today. And again, that's not a big thing. But at the same time, it is a significant thing because I miss that. I mean, we had to be there ready to go at 530 in the morning and Howard had his stuff to do. And I had to have a sports cast ready and I had to have a sports comment ready. And Howard had to have his humble report ready. And it wasn't like you could put it off or worry about it tomorrow or, you know, it was just. That I miss, you know, that lights, camera, action feel to it. And and, and, and I would agree with both of you. I think yeah. that, you know, like one of the reasons I still 
four or five whatever times a year will go on stage is because Mm -hmm. there's that feeling where, okay, I'm about to step off here. And for the next 10 or 12 minutes, it's just me and this this feeling where it could go completely wrong. But having said that, I think the way we do our show, because we're old radio guys, I'm talking about Fred and I, Mm -hmm. you know, he comes on. The Zoom meeting around 7.10, 7.15. At 7.30, we start the show because we go live yes. on Facebook. Even mm-hmm. though that that's not really what we're serving, we have replicated, you know, as best we can, the idea that we have to start this thing. Well, you'll hear me say it, Freddie. Dan and I and Fred will be talking, and I'll, I'll see that at 7.29. I'll go, okay, guys. You know, we got to start. We don't have to. Like, there's, there's nothing, no. there's nothing driving us. To, we could start at seven thirty-five, but because I've been doing this since I was a kid, I have this muscle that says, "Okay, we must do this." So, yeah, it's not the same as you're saying that you described it well, Jeff. It's not the same consequence and nervousness, but there is a bit of a regimentation to how we do this show. Well, and therein lies, I think is the key to the success of our podcast is that we've treated it that way. Yeah. We said that from day one, you know, we're going to do it every day. We're going to treat this like a job or I'm going to treat this as some new platform that we're going to, you know, fuck around with dabble in it. We treated it seriously from, from the beginning. And and, and that's been a key. Would you say that what you're doing now is closer to the mojo days than it is to the CFNY days? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, for sure. No doubt. If um, one other thing I may, you know, one thing I desperately miss about radio and, you know, I was very lucky, except for a couple of like anybody, a couple of segments or eras or times. Um, I really miss the halls, mm-hmm. the camaraderie after the show, just shooting the shit with people and everything, because we worked for the first 25 years of my career. I just worked with a bunch of great people, people I'm still really close friends with. And I really miss that aspect of just the camaraderie and the, the friendships and the fucking around in the halls and saying and doing stupid stuff. I, you know, I really miss that. It's what people miss about working at home. Yeah, you know, they, yes. they, you you miss they mm-hmm. they you read articles about it. They talk about you human beings miss the water cooler mm-hmm. conversations yeah. that are part of everyday working life. But before I forget, I'm going to say something that I forgot something I do miss. And it's going to be like Jeff will relate to this. I miss introducing records. I, I do, you know, I I know sometimes when I'll go to a we go to a commercial break and Fred's about to do a live read, but I'll talk up to the vocal. I know it's stupid because it really wasn't a huge part of our show, Fred, you know, the music part, but I do miss that. I miss the I miss the song is ending and now we got to come up with something. Every every 6 or 5 or whatever minutes. Yeah. And you get that feeling like, okay, here we go again. Where, you know, once we start the show, I hit record at 7.30, I basically don't stop. We don't stop until 9.20 every day. So there's and no... And on that, to, to that point, I, so here's something that you just uh, reminded me of it. And it's not, this is not an OCD thing. This is not like I need complete control here because we always had a producer on the show. But what it is, is I needed to have, and I always made sure that the engineers hooked up a next event button for me because I was 
kind of the quarterback of the show. I know when the thing is over. Yeah. I know, and and sometimes do, doing a cue to a producer, you've lost a half a second, and that timing is everything. Whether you're going into a commercial or whether you're hitting a song, yep. but. You just you know Howard and I knew really well when to hit that button. So I, I needed to have a next event button put in at my station. It's so funny you say that because I had one too. I had one, in, but didn't have one at CFNY at the edge. I just what Jeff's talking about is you, we we would cue the producer to hit the commercial or the song. But I did have one at Boom. They had a little. Uh, yeah. That's got a little, a little pedestal there with my mic switch yeah. and a next event button. Um, yeah, I miss that sometimes. Yeah. What do you miss doing? Uh, sports? Uh not really. Yeah, no, because I, you know, just with the money and sports and the politics and everything, I just lost a lot of my passion for it. But get back to what you said about you miss back selling songs. The irony is that's pretty much gone from real radio now too. Yeah, you, exactly. It's, a, you know, with the digit, you know, for whatever reason, because it comes up on the screen or uh, ratings aren't uh, tied now to uh, to saying the call letters over a record or whatever. Jocks don't do it anymore. Songs yeah, just end rarely, and they start yeah. talking or they're, they're talking and they just go to a song. And- you ever heard that, Jeff? Like now I, I've been listening yeah. to the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks. I've been listening to The Edge. Great radio station still love the music, but they don't like a song will end. And as Fred said, they just start talking. There's such a disconnect to me with that mm-hmm. form of broadcasting. I mean, it, it, it's kind of come full circle. Where it used to be, we'd have all this stupid foreground that we'd have to talk about music. The CRTC mm-hmm. dictating that the only topic that we could possibly have would be about the music. Right. Uh, remember, remember those years? Oh, yeah. Which was the absolute reverse of what's going on now. Now it's like the song seems to get in the way. Can't wait for it to get over. And when it's over, it's just uh, we just go to commercials or something. And there there just seems to be like where where we used to. And I think what you're talking about here is we have a linear view of our show as a whole, not just the the many parts of a show. And we would try and pull all that together and make it cohesive. It it It, it just seems... It's, it seems so branched off now to me. Well, and what you just said there, the songs in the way, I think on terrestrial radio, the songs are in the way now because you can get music anyway. Yeah. And I think that's the struggle with radio right now. It needs way more personality, but it costs yes. money and they can't afford it. And, and it, I'm, just, I'm just saying that if, if yeah. you have a music format, do it right. Yeah. And, and, you yeah. know, you brought up the mojo years. Like, you know, one of the things that I learned in the first, you know, week of doing a podcast with Fred and I, and it took me a while to sort of really understand what I was feeling was we basically have proved to ourselves and anyone who gives a shit about this um, that we had for years said to the management of the edge, let us pull mm-hmm. back the music because at this point they're listening to the show for us. You know, the Jeff, I can't tell you how many program directors are like you, you're, you have to make sure is the bit as good as a song. Well, in this case it was so. What I think we proved to ourselves is that we could handle more talk. And unfortunately, it took us, you know, till later in our career to get the opportunity. But that's what podcasting afforded us, because unlike your show, which is a niche format, you're, you know, you're doing it about a topic. As Fred pointed out, like our we're still just doing the Humble and Fred show. It's just this version of it doesn't yeah. include News sports. Well, it does. News sports weather by somebody else. It's just us talking for two hours every day. And there's so much that goes into it. Jeff, you mentioned the two program directors, you know, of, of the many you work for, only two that really 
you know, resonated. Yeah. resonated. Yeah. And um, how you can be easily crippled. Like you can have a show and you can have a presentation. You can be popular, uh, popular. But if somebody in management, be it the program director or the general manager, in our case, doesn't like your product, it's it's uh, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. Even even though it's popular and people seem to like it, if people in those key positions, if somebody just doesn't get your humor, doesn't think you're funny, how it can cripple you. And so oh, I yeah. just go back to what you said about the two guys that you well, worked with, how, how how important that is. And what influence and also, they had on you. It also mm-hmm. goes to what, what you were saying, uh, Fred, about the, in the halls, because mm-hmm. those two guys that I'm talking about were also really fun to chirp. You could, you know, Danny yes. was, you know, Danny and I have had a long history of chirping one another, and uh, and and Scott was was similar in that respect, where uh, we would get a kick out of out of each, uh, like he would get a kick out of me defending a bit that he is maybe critiquing a little bit, right. and 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 vice versa, and and so that that goes back to another thing that I miss. But again, it's it's just only, I mean, yeah, I had lots of good program directors. Don't get me wrong, and it's just these guys really really set the bar high for me and and uh you know like worked early with pat bond uh in moose jaw and he was fantastic howard in 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 teaching the basics uh, oh yeah of you know because that was the you know pat bond i haven't talked about him much but pat bond's responsible for me ending up getting a job in vancouver i mean i was in moose jaw doing evenings and the next job i got in the chain was in Vancouver doing the all night show because of Pat Bond. Uh, I learned a lot from Pat Bond, Jeff Fiddler. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Oh, I learned. All guys, we <laughs> all know, you and I learned tons from Jeff Fiddler. Um, so anyway, that's our little chat. That's our little discussion today with uh, our yes. good friend and soon to be birthday boy, uh, Jefferson Lumby. Um, listen, man, uh, congratulations. When will, uh, for fans of both shows, and we do have some crossover, when will episode 100 be uh, released if if we stay on on schedule here between now and then uh jan jan 12 i think is a friday and that will be mm-hmm. our 100th episode and and thanks you guys for uh talking it up by uh, yesterday on your show that was really sweet and uh we will uh get that in, into the well, dude let, send me a note because uh, that week i'll make sure i mention it yeah okay it, is 65 is that significant in france like, do you no. get any free stuff or anything because of being your 65? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Huh? You get you get a beret with a Leaf uh, jersey on it. <laughs> <laughs> leaf logo, yes. Yeah. All right. Leaf logo, yeah. Jeff and Julie moved to France in a global pandemic, part of the Humble and Fred family. And uh, I'll, I will talk to you. I'll, pro- I'll talk to you on uh, Boxing Day. So okay, in the meantime, yeah, Merry Christmas oh, and all that. Birthday, birthday yeah, boy. Nice. All right, yeah. boys. That was fun. Take All right, care. pal. Thanks, pal. Okay, see ya. All right. Jeff Lumby. Um, Dan Duran's news coming up in a bit. And, uh, of course, we're going to talk to our friend in uh, Florence, Italy, Tim Daniels, about Boron One and how uh, I wonder if he got that note I sent him about uh, somebody buying the stock. We'll find out in a second. But first, Frederick. Yeah, Maple Leafs and the Rangers tonight. That's, uh, you know, really, it's a battle of the heavyweights here in Piranha. Uh, the Maple Leafs are minus 112 on that. The Rangers minus 108, so pretty much a toss-up. The over-under on that game is 6.5 goals. Whether you're a sports better or a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully-loaded casino and racebook, they've been providing 
Canadian Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. That is Bodog. Did you hear the story about the Canadian government requiring that all new cars sold are zero emission vehicles by 2035? Reporting in the uh, Toronto Star... The decision will force a dramatic acceleration in the shift to EVs, which today account for only 12% of new vehicles sold in Canada. Of course, where am I going? I'm going to evnet.ca. That's what I want to tell you about for... Uh, you know, if you're looking to try this during the holidays, you can. You can rent an electric vehicle at rentelectric.ca. You can do it for the day if you want. And if you're thinking about, you know, eventually... We're going to have to drive electric vehicles, but in the short term, see if it fits your lifestyle. You can uh, download the app. You can do it. And by the way, it doesn't have to be a Tesla. I'm driving this Nissan Leaf right now, and I'm telling you, it's a great little car. Um, It's got a lot of room, and uh, it's got a lot of zip for a smaller vehicle. And you can rent one by calling 1-800-387-9391 or go to rentelectric.ca. You know what he's going to say to Lumbee and you? Another thing I miss. I'm not sure if you miss it as much as I do. Maybe you do. Because your bit, you had, so we had two regular bits on our show that were, I so said, I did the Humble Report every day, and that was kind of like, you know, my chance to do bits and jokes and more like the weekend update, in case you never heard of it. And you did the Mr. Goo Head, which was your sword, but it wasn't every day. But that was your big bit. Mm-hmm. But I, re- I kind of miss, you know, you talk about the halls. I kind of miss that, you know, when we would sit around after and come up with bits. And, you know, P- Pete Cuno is going to be with us tomorrow. I spent a lot of time with Pete, just the two of us coming up with parody songs because I could play a little guitar. And I love that stuff. I kind of miss, I miss a little bit of that when I think about my career as a disc jockey. And because I always had shows where there were, you know, regular bits that we did, the Humble Report. Uh, I did the thing called Police Blotter with Dan back in Calgary, and you and I did stuff together. And not that we don't do bits here, because like the other day, you and I showed the audience our prep. But they're more topics, and, you know, they're topics that turn into funny little moments, but they're not, we don't, mm-hmm. cr- we don't do a little back and forth. Like even the, another bit that you and I did together was uh, Habfan. Mm-hmm. You know, where once every couple of weeks we'd write a script together and we would say, coming up, Hab Fan's going to talk about this or that. and Yeah, you know, the Internet has changed so much of that. It's like back, you know, 2005, 2006, when I did a blog because I was unemployed and for something to do. I really enjoyed doing it, doing it, and it got good reaction because it was unique. Not everybody was doing a blog. Right. They were a unique thing. And even bits now, it's like on the radio, you would listen to the radio because radio guys did bits. Now there's bits like the other. Yeah, everyone does Sunday. bits. Well, there's TikTok. There's bits yeah. everywhere. Everywhere there's bits. Soon, as soon as you want them. And it used to be if you wanted to hear a funny, clever bit, you had to listen to a, a radio show in the morning mm-hmm. or, or you didn't hear them. That's right. Now they're everywhere. And I just, again, not working in that medium now, radio. I'm just wondering do radio guys still do bits in the morning? And like, is there any reason to? And 
because they're everywhere. They're that's everywhere. exactly you know that's exactly it. it mm-hmm. It's like I follow Spencer, who's my daughter, on uh, Instagram, and every day that kid comes up with a bit. You know, some yeah. are funny, some are strange, but she's just one of millions of content mm-hmm. people who come up with stuff because they can. And, and listen, I think it's great because, in, you know, in some cases, I'm very, not just by Spencer, but very impressed by some of the stuff you see. Whereas, as you mentioned, it used to just be the cool guys that I would listen to on the radio. We had it all to ourselves. Just think about that. Oh, yeah. We had it all to ourselves. And even with a blog, you can have an opinion. It was unique. And I and I know a lot of media people or radio people would go to my blog because they didn't, other than, you know, if you didn't have that outlet on your radio show or your position at a radio show, you didn't get to do it. Well, now anybody can do it at any time, any way they want to do it. So it almost makes, now you're just sort of lost in a sea of comments and positions and politics. Mm-hmm. And it's... uh it's just weird. We, we, and I've said this before, we were so lucky. The era that we got to exercise our muscles was pretty cool. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I could, we could go back to the late 60s, early 70s. But, yeah. And that's, those were guys that influenced me. Here in Toronto, oh, yeah. a guy like Jungle J. Nelson was somebody you heard. And I used to yeah. get tapes from guys in uh, Windsor and in Chicago mm-hmm. and in Los Angeles. Uh, speaking of international, look at that guy. You know, here's the thing. If you had if you had his life, you'd be like, all right, I figured it out. Let's uh, welcome back to our program. Yes, you have. Buongiorno, buongiorno a tutti, come sta, paisan? Look at you. I can't go ahead. Talk a little louder. I can't hear you there, my friend. Uh, sorry about that. I, uh, I said tutto posto. Grazie. Do you, have a, do you have a cold? Are you okay? A little bit of a cold happening, yeah. but uh, dude, it's that time of year. It is. The, you know yeah. what? I'm I'm freaking out because I said to Fred before the show, everybody I know seems to have just been recovering from or yeah. going through some kind of you know cold or flu. So how's the uh, COVID situation in Italy? Is it becoming a thing or is it like here where it's sort of not talked about a lot, but we're um, aware of it? Uh, yeah, uh, if it's a thing, nobody's talking about it. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't, <laughs> don't know if it doesn't exist. That's what, so we're not talking about it or right. we just are pretending it doesn't exist. Not sure. Yeah. So. Well, how are you? Like, I, the, it's funny when I was visiting Tim, funny, interesting, curious. Uh, one of the I had a I had to get a that was the last time. Coming home from Europe in uh, 2021 or two, where I had you, to, we had to go. You and I went for me to get my COVID. Um, I remember that permit to leave the country. Yes. It turned yeah. out to be the wrong one. I had to go to another place <laughs> to, to get yeah. my COVID test. But I just, um, and we haven't talked about it on the show. But I just got my uh, latest booster. Like I'm five times vaccinated. Are you fully uh, up to date? Uh, no. Um, and, and I, you know, for no particular reason, I, I'm, I'm certainly not opposed to it. I think people who are diligent about doing those things, uh, I, I, I applaud them for it. Um, and it's just, you know, 
it just always seems to be uh, too low on my priority list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I get it, man. I'd forgotten about it until we brought it up. Freddie and I were talking about it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I could go get one of those. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's funny, we were, I'm going to say about a month ago, in Greece for a week with two friends, and when we returned, they both tested positive, like the day after we returned. Mm. And uh, and so we all got a test, and then we were all negative. And then we said, how is that even possible? Because we were, you know, mm-hmm. literally, you know, shoulder to shoulder 24 hours a day for for a week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they, they came back with it, and, and we didn't. So yeah. it's just the luck of the draw. Yeah, I don't know. Even it, it's... Even if I had symptoms, and how do you distinguish between, you know, the flu, the cold, yeah. cold COVID? I don't even know if I would think to test myself now. And mm. because if you do, okay, you just got to get better. Yeah. <laughs> like exactly. from well, anything I, else. Yeah. I mean, I get that. I mean, I still have a, yeah. I, I brought a test kit with me to Mexico just yeah. because I, I think if I'd want, I'd want to know, like, I guess, but no, I get your point. If you've got the mm-hmm. flu or you've got COVID, you want to stay away from people anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I I was trying to remember. I sent you an email, Tim, about a week ago. Yes. Yes. Uh, from one of our listeners, mm-hmm. and I thought today we would talk about the fact that, and I've become more uh, overt in our messaging for Boron One, and that is that listener had heard us talking about it, checked yeah. out the company, decided to make an investment, yeah. and made some money. And yeah, I don't even exactly, that's, that's and, and I don't know the wording because I've been sort of doing it awkwardly. But I keep saying like, you know, we make no claims about a stock mm-hmm. performance, and we can't guarantee blah blah blah. But that yeah. listener of ours did what we've asked people to do, which is check mm-hmm. out the company. So, right. as a guy that's been in the investment game as long as you have, mm-hmm. what would you say? You know, in terms of risk tolerance or people making investments because obviously you sponsor our show and which we appreciate to get people interested in the company to invest in it that's that's really what we're doing so what do you say to that what do you say to a potential investor that's listening to us Mm -hmm. um you know i say uh, of course as always, you know, talk to your investment advisor before making any, any decisions. Um, but, uh, you know, if you've got uh, a, a little bit of, I'll say, you know, fun money, uh, higher risk money that uh, you don't mind, uh, um, you know, putting at risk, taking a chance. I think we represent as good of a shot out there as uh, as, as anything that exists. Um, um, you know, we're still at at or near, you know, all time low price. And, uh, um, uh, and the project itself is, is nearing that point of being um, uh, substantially de-risked, meaning we're, you know, we're, we're ticking off all the boxes that, uh, that I look for when I'm, when I'm at arm's length from a company and looking to invest in it. Um, I'm looking for companies that, that show the sort of fundamentals that, this company is showing that Boron One is showing, and uh, and and so we do encourage people to um, take a look. You know, start by uh, educating yourself. Come to our website and talk to us. We're we're happy to uh, to share some uh, some some information with you uh, regarding uh, 
the company and the stage of development that we're at and uh, and our opinion of uh, what the, the future looks like for us. Um, and uh, and yeah, it was, it's always it's always nice to to get some feedback from uh, from an investor who, you know, who did just that, who, you know, decided to, to take a little chance and, and, and made some money. And that's 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 and always you uh, talk about. You talk about fun money. I think sometimes people, when they invest with so-called fun money, they want that sort of instant return. But at the same time, you talk about timelines. You're saying the stock it is as it it's very low right now, but obviously, in your mind and the strategy you've mapped out, there is a timeline, and it's yes. not necessarily overnight. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Um, yeah, you're, you're right about that, Fred. Um, I think that that um, uh, if somebody is looking for, you know, what, what we would call a quick flip, um, mining stocks in general are, are are not those because, you know, we live on, you know, time horizons that uh, uh, that are longer than a lot of uh, companies are just because the development cycle mm-hmm. takes you know, it's 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 measured in 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 years, and the return is is out there. You know, when we're looking at a, a new mining project, if it doesn't have the potential to return profits for uh, decades, um, it's not of interest to us. So, so we do deal with uh, longer uh, time cycles. Um, and uh, but you know, again, when when you're looking at the uh, 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 the return per year. Um, still, the, the, the mining companies can represent, you know, very good uh, returns mm-hmm. over uh, over their lifespan, especially when they're getting to our stage of development, when they've, you know, completed the long, slow, expansive, boring ex- exploration work, which can take years and years and years and cost millions of dollars. And uh, and and once they go into the uh, the mine development cycle, which we're in now, um, yes, now we're still looking at it being uh, uh, years for development. But now we're talking two or three years, not uh, not mm-hmm. ten or two. Right. And, 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 and the returns. I want to. I, I want to jump in with a question about because you said that the stock is at a. At a a pretty low, it's a penny stock. It's at a low price. And the listener that I sent you, you know, bought it and has already made, theoretically, you know, made money on it. Mm-hmm. Is there, again, if you, you talked about if this was a company that you were at arm's length from, meaning you were just looking at it as an investment as opposed to the guy running the company. Is there a point where this stock will I don't even know how to ask this, where it becomes where other co- big companies are like institutional companies start to look at yeah. it. And then the stock price gets driven up and somebody misses yeah. the opportunity to get it at a ridiculously low price. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Um, and and we're now turning that corner. So, again, we're, we're checking off all the boxes. That the, the, the big in, uh, companies will look at whether whether you're talking about um, uh, 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 institutional investment companies or what we call strategic partners, which are big companies that want to partner with us uh, on the development of the mine itself and bring to the table mining expertise or, or you know, uh, mineral specific expertise and so on. Um, we're now at that stage of the game where those sorts of investors really start to uh, 
um, to take a serious look. And a lot of them have been in that phase where they've been introduced to us uh, some years back and have been waiting for us to get to the point that we're at now um, so that uh, um, uh, uh, they can take a, a second look mm-hmm. and make that decision as to, you know, whether or not they want to make the, the investment. Mm-hmm. So, okay. so, yes, it's, it's at this stage of the game that the demographics of our investor base tends to change from, you know, a, a pure retail investor or, you know, individuals like you and I who, uh, you know, like to get in at the early stage at the ground floor and take a shot. And those demographics shift uh, now to um, larger, more sophisticated um, uh, in, uh, uh, institutional investors <clears throat> who are looking to take, you know, big chunks of, of stock, big bites. So they're not... Well, and the bottom line is, and um, we're not, again, m- making no claims, the bottom line is that, you know, now's a good time to look at it. This next year is a good time to look at this. And hopefully, uh, we'll be talking to you in a year from now. In the meantime, to you and the family there in Florence, I hope you feel better. Have a great Christmas holiday season. And uh, maybe you and I should hook up a little moose jaw call in, the, uh, in between Christmas and New Year's. But definitely. I'm around. Let's do it. Okay. Okay, buddy. Thanks again, my friend. And thanks thanks for your support. We appreciate it. All the best, Timmy. Thanks. Same to you. Merry Christmas. If you you haven't figured out by now, we're talking about boron1.com. Go check out the stock. I wish I had that guy's name who who made... uh, He made some good money. I I didn't know the price of the stock. I hadn't looked at it for a while, but I think he bought it like, I don't know, four or five cents, and it had gone up to... uh, you know, 11 or 12? It, yeah, I think his name is Bucky Dollars. <laughs> his name is what? Bucky Dollars. Yeah. Come on, and you say that we don't do... Name. And you say we don't do bits? And we don't do bits. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <sighs> I was that was old Bucky Dollars. Oh, he, Bucky. He's a good yes. investor. Yeah, he's Bucky a good Dollars. investor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's the kind of thing you'd say in a meeting. i go, really? Are we going to call him Bucky Dollars? <laughs> <laughs> okay, buck dollars. Um, I talked to somebody in my uh, inner circle about uh, Boron One recently. They'd heard me talking about it, heard the show, and asked me about it. And I said, listen, man, like, I, I certainly, you can't tell anybody you should invest in this. No, you can't. Um, but I did say, listen. If you've got, I don't even, would you say fun money or as he called it, money for uh, like higher risk money? Mm-hmm. I said, why, you know, have a look at it. And, but keeping in mind, if you had whatever you're going to put in, 2000 5000 I said, you have to be prepared to, to a, that's, that's gone now. You have to say, mm-hmm. okay, well, and, and I said, whatever, because this was somebody, you know, starting out in the investment, you know, cycle of their lives. And I said, listen, man, yeah. have a look at it, but only if you can take $5,000 and set it on fire. You know, not that this, again, not, this is a, it's hard to say that, but I mean, if you make any investment in a, in a company at, in, at this stage, you have to be prepared to lose that money. And if you're right. not, then don't do it, is what I'm trying to say. And those could be tough conversations because you don't, all you can really say to somebody is if they ask is have a look at it. Yeah. You know, consider your situation and have a look at it. But to say, oh, you got to buy this because, you know, it's going to pay off big. You just can't do that because if it doesn't, you know, feelings could be hurt. Well, and, and, you know, I made an investment 
15 years ago, and this is what I was saying to this person, based on the person that I knew running the company. And I said, I've made this investment meant this many years later based on the person I know who's running the company. And I said, that's mm-hmm. really all, you know, I, I, yes. I mean, and, and I say no, meaning that he gives information to us on this show and you know, I've made an investment mm-hmm. based on that. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's all you can do. Um, before we get to Daniel, are you up to date by the way? Um, uh, chambers plan, well, chambers then, of commerce group insurance plan. Well, please stand by. Just give me one more second here. All right. I like this new song that you uh, turned me on to by the uh, Motors. Oh, Air Force. Yeah, man. Talk to me. This is the Chambers Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. You know, uh, travel insurance, a big uh, element of what they offer. Again, our health is more important. Prescriptions and dental and mental health and therapies, of course. But there is a travel element that's quite, uh, well, it's... Pretty solid. That's all we can say. And Howard is uh, can attest to that because he was well looked after during his problems in the desert. Uh, but again, it's prescriptions, it's uh, dental, it's uh, therapies. As I said, this mental health component they have now, you know, you can get help in real time. They're staying ahead of the curve, which is fantastic because you figure, you know, small businesses... You don't think you can spend a lot of money, but collectively, all these small businesses together now have the profile of a large company, and they can do the things for their employees, for their clients, that uh, you wouldn't think normally you could do. So take the time today. Go to chamberplan.ca and get a free quote. Find out what it will be, what it will cost. You will be pleasantly surpri- surprised, and uh, really take it from there, like a lot of humble and Fred listeners have done so far. The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, ChamberPlan.ca. I wrote something down. I, I got about, uh, I don't know, it's just like the whole page filled with stuff. But uh, one of the uh, topics I thought we should discuss, I have no idea what I've written down now. Honestly, it's uh, there. I wrote it at Pen, uh, penmanship. Or should well, we talk about penmanship? Yeah, like I don't know. I, I can't see like right there. I have no idea what mm-hmm. the fuck that says. Um, before we get to Dan, though, there is uh, another uh, client of ours that we need to uh, get back on. Looking for a fast break from working so hard? When you're ready to box out some time for fun, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. We make getting the latest basketball odds and free sports tips a slam dunk. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Uh, as well, uh, somebody, uh, Jeffrey Kilborn, who's a big fan, uh, said, hi, guys, missed you live yesterday and just catching up on the podcast. If you uh, didn't get your answer, um, we're talking about scrimmage yards. He says scrimmage yards usually res- are in with respect to a running back, i.e. if a running back had 150 yards of rushing and 50 of receiving, his scrimmage yards would be 200. Uh, okay. Does that uh, resonate with you at all? Sure. I'll okay. take that. Why not? Yeah. Sure. 
Yeah, I, I just, I just it, it's, it's over for me now. So um, I'm wanted... 67 years old. I love football, love watching it on television. That's never really been part of my world, touched my world, uh, been an issue in my world. So great if that's what it is. Yeah, I learned I, I, something. You know, I've been watching football since I was a kid with my mom and dad, Blue Bomber fans, Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans. You know, I watch a lot of NFL. I've never heard that expression. And again, it was a Fox broadcast, so maybe it's unique. But anyway, thanks, Jeffrey. Um, we were talking to uh, our friend Tim Daniels just now, Dan, in Florence. And like a lot of people, I was saying this to Fred before the show, a lot of people I know are either in the middle of a flu slash cold slash COVID, Lumby, another guy that I spoke to on the weekend, just recovering from something, this guy. And so um, I went and got uh, my COVID shot on Friday and a flu shot and had uh, no reaction. I had a, I had a little bit of the sore shoulder where uh, the injection was. Yeah, you'd think that well, you'd get that anyway. But uh, but I but funny, yeah. I haven't had it. Um, the very first COVID shot I got, I got it really bad. It bugged me for a few days. But uh, this was the first time I've had any reaction. Hmm. And by the way, my first Pfizer. Oh, first Pfizer. My first oh. Pfizer. Oh, your first yeah. Pfizer. First, everyone, you daddy, want me to get your card. Dad- <laughs> Daddy's first Pfizer. That's great. Congratulations on your first Pfizer. <laughs> I had a uh, a bit of a so did you get your any reaction to yours there Freddie? Yeah, Friday I had both shots, one in each arm. Uh Saturday if I really thought about it, like I got up off the couch once and I thought, yeah, I'm a little bit sort of achy body-wise. And then I'm thinking, am I getting something or is it just uh, the shot reactions? But again, I really had to think about it. It wasn't anything that overtook me or mm-hmm. anything. And then yeah. by the next day, I was fine. Same with my arms were a bit sensitive. Uh, Why both arms? A, it, huh? Why they, they, they a flu shot. In, yeah, they do them in different arms. Oh, do they? Yes. Oh. So and it's the first ever flu shot. And only because, you know, uh, reading, uh, you know, over 65, your susceptibility for certain things, and it made a lot of sense to me, so I thought for the first time ever, I will get a flu shot. I'm laughing because you and I, for years, when they used to come back, this goes back mm-hmm. to Brampton, I remember one day, they said, oh, well, we're having a nurse come in, and flu shots, and you were like, no, you and I refused for years to get them, this was my first flu shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, that made sense at the time because I thought I rarely get the flu. And if I do once every four years, I don't really want a shot. But, you know, uh, times change, things change, and your immune system drops a bit when you get older. And it made sense to me. Even the, you know, the the COVID shot made sense to me, you know, considering all the people I know that have died from it, have got deathly ill from it. Death around you, yes. Never recovered from that dastardly shot that you know has ravaged the world i still decided to get it so i um i made my uh appointment and there's a pharmacy at the no frills about five or six blocks east of me at uh islington i'm sorry queensway and uh royal york so it's a nice morning friday morning i have appointments at 10 35 and i leave the house it's a beautiful day i'll, I'll just walk down there so i'm walking down there and <laughs> uh, I'm all happy. It's a beautiful morning and the sun is out and I was just, you know, go get my flu shot and go home. And then I'm about half a block from the place. And I see the, because you know how they name no frills? It's like, you know, 
Dan's no frills and yeah. Marianne's yes. no frills. Yeah. Yes. Well, I get up there and I'm like, wait a second. That's not Jim and Maria's. That's somebody else's no frills. <laughs> I'm going to the no, I'm going to the wrong no frills. Oh, I was. Uh, I'm such a, I was like, is this what happens? I'm like just walking along, happy. Then I see that that's, I'm, I want Jim and Maria's no frills, not Buddy's no right. frills. How far away was the no frills you were supposed to go to? Well, the other one was north on Islington, quite a ways from me. I couldn't, I couldn't get home. No loyalty. <laughs> Pardon me? You have no loyalty. Well, I don't know about it. Yeah, okay. But uh, no, I, I, I uh, just made a mistake. I thought that's where I'd made my appointment. Mm-hmm. So I... Run uh, back and then get your car? I couldn't. Uber I just Ubered. I, from, from that moment, from that, where I was on the street, I called Uber. They came in 30 seconds, and I was at the place in uh, six minutes at my appointment. But it was... Uh, no frills? Yeah, and there's like no frills all over the place here. No, but that's where you got your shot at the... At the pharmacy. In the, Oh, in the north. No, it wasn't. A, it wasn't. It was a brand name. Uh, shot. <laughs> it was Pfizer. Shot. We've already it, determined it was that. Pfizer. It no, wasn't like no, Jim and no Maria. Where in the vegetable section? Where, where <laughs> they do have, they give it to you? What part of they have a pharmacy? Don't you understand? Yeah, but not. It would they, freak me out that big yellow no frills building walking in there for no, a medical procedure. But they have know. they have uh, pharmacies in other uh, grocery I stores. Know. But, know, uh, yeah, again, one, Howard, I'm a throwback. I'm trying to get a, a bit here, and it's not working. Oh, buck dollars? Is this, your, yeah. is this like buck dollars? <laughs> Bucky dollars. Bucky dollars. Hey, um, um, food for thought. I'm at the doctor Thursday. Takes my blood pressure. It's like 123 over 75. Very good, Fred. Very mm, good, he Very said. good. All right? Yep. So I go to... Um, Shoppers Drug Mart just down the road here. And while I'm waiting for my thing, I take my blood pressure there and it's like 146 over 97 or something. And I'm freaking out. And I'm thinking, I'm not that. I'm not nervous over getting the shot or anything. I was fine. So anyway, I get my shot. I come right home and take my blood pressure. I have a little machine here. And it was consistent with what the doctor said. So my conclusion here is, you know, those blood pressure machines that are in the pharmacies. I'm not sure they're accurate. So. You know, you always want to take your blood pressure okay. several times or in the proper situations. That's all. Well, we're very similar as I was waiting for my appointment. Um, the, uh, pharmac- <laughs> the pharmacist was busy restocking the avocado. So, <laughs> so I came back. Now I'm with you. Now I'm with you. I got you. Yeah, okay. see? Here we go. I got, I got, we're on the bit train. I got it now. Yeah, the pharmacist assistant was, uh, you know, over in uh, Derry. So mm-hmm. I had to wait, but I did my uh, blood pressure in the machine. I never mm-hmm. pass up an opportunity. And uh, I was fine. I'm in my normal sort of, you know, right. 110 over 70 because I take uh-huh. blood pressure medication. But part of that story I did not know about you, because you and I both have the uh, health gauge watches, mm-hmm. which are pretty accurate for blood pressure. Yes. But Dan, did you know that uh, the Fred man had his own blood pressure machine? No, I didn't. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Do you take it with you? Pardon me? You take it with you? Like Where? when you go on vacation and stuff or up no. to the lake? No, no. Oh. The reason I had it is because during my prostate surgery, oh, it was recommended I keep my eye on my blood pressure for whatever reason. Yeah. So my mother had one, and I had accumulated a lot of her stuff. And some of that, or one 
item was a blood pressure machine, so nice. I just happened to have one. Well, I, I, so listen, that like, explains that. I and think it's great. I, I'm just saying, mm-hmm. I'm jealous. I'd love one. So, like, is it a comfortable chair you sit in and it's like a, yeah. an armrest thing? Yeah, there's, you, you yeah. Put, put it in the mm-hmm. tunnel and, wow. Yep. Little cuff there. Hey, um, Dan, what's your blood pressure these days? I don't know. I, I don't take it. I don't generally. Like, it. when you go to the pharmacy, you don't go and just get your blood pressure? No. Really? Okay. I don't know. I'm just curious. Pharmacy, You're not curious? Dan, Dan's 66 years old and hasn't had a, a colonoscopy yet. I'm sorry? I'm 60, 65. 65. Well, 66, basically. Closer well, to wait a second. You've never, you've never had a colonoscopy? No. no. Do you mind me asking why? No, I've never had it recommended to me. I've done all the, uh, you know, the smearing your poop on a stick thing. No, I know, but we've, we've had this conversation that... I know, I just haven't done You know, okay, I'll set it up. I'll set it up. Oh, he wants to move this along. Yeah, I know. That's fine. Let's not want to. No, you know, you know, you and Jeff have said this before, and uh, you know, I've asked the doctor, and he said you don't really need it. You're, well, yeah, we have the same doctor. He said the same thing to yeah. me, but I said I don't care. I'm getting one. I've had two, right. I think. Dan doesn't okay. want to, per, you know, to poke a hole in his intestine or his bowel yeah. or whatever. I don't like it. Because often work, people work around up there. It's, it's yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, each uh, each uh, to their own, right? So, well, except if the problem with it is each to their own until you find out that, right? You know, you've got something that isn't showing up on the poop smear. You want to catch it early, that cancer. That's yeah, that's the point. And the older you get, the more susceptible. And you guys are saying the poop smear thing isn't well. I, I, I've never done enough. the poop smear thing. I, I did. Listen, I for years. Listen, listen. Um, for years, this is a, a, a bit that went on. I had the same doctor as you. He didn't recommend I get a colonoscopy. And when I said that to Sweet Songbird and Murray, she told me I was out of my fucking mind not to <laughs> not to have one. And oh, she guilted she guilted me into having it. She so what I would say, he takes medical advice from Ann exactly, Murray, not his doctor. Exactly. <laughs> what else did she tell you to do? Did she, she grab your balls and say cough? She did. She, listen, I'm doing a bit. She did the colonoscopy herself, Dan. <laughs> While singing. While singing Snowbird. <laughs> so, uh, listen, man. You know, I, you know, the last thing I need is you to get colon cancer. Oh. God damn it. I don't have time for that, Dan. Okay, I'll uh, I'll discuss it with my doctor. No, because he's going to tell no. you. Well, you don't need. He'll say it very softly though, because we have our doctor speaks very quietly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he's a very so quiet I'll, talker. I have a talk. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, so I'll set that up. I'll set, set up it up. That, you, know, you know what? That's what we get Dan. Yeah. Dan for his birthday, we just get him a, a colonoscopy kit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think we should. All right. Um, yeah. Do we have more show? We have Dan Duran's news. We haven't done that yet. Yeah. Well, if it's getting too long, we can. No, just, no, uh, no. Dan, we can't. Unless you have something Danny, to do. Danny, Danny. Mm, no, it's just getting long. We're getting long here. We, oh, just, get on, we just got on you about the colonoscopy is because we love you. That's right. Oh, we care about you. Yeah. And we want your, uh, you know, they don't. It's people. It's very safe procedure. People do it all the time. Is this the Hallmark section of the show? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is, Dan. We really care about you. Oh, yeah. Last Christmas, 
We had a discussion about colonoscopies. Dan said he was going to get one, but he didn't. Then he got colon cancer, and now he's no longer with us. He weighs 83 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's no longer with us, but his penis, his penis lived on and is going to be still doing the news. And now with the news, here's we Dan. Said we sent it to the taxidermist. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like this. <laughs> and now with the news, here's Dan Duran's penis. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi, everybody. I'm Dan Duran's penis. Dan's no longer with us because he didn't get a colonoscopy, but I've got the news. Hi, Dan. I'm your penis. <laughs> That's a great sock monkey. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Um, let's get to uh, the news, because uh, Dan Duran's, as often, fed up with this. <laughs> All right. Let me, let me get All this. Right. I know. Okay. okay. Here's Dan Duran's news theme. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hell of a big wang, the quintessential Duran. His voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman, comes as for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And Dandaran's News, brought to you by Palma Pasta. 38 years of incredible Italian home-cooked food. Unparalleled and uh, available, by the way, all over the GTA. Uh, catering for home or corporate events. Go and figure it out at palmapasta.com now. Uh, here he is, movie anchorman, Dan Duran. Okay, some headlines. Iceland's much-anticipated Earth belch. That volcano finally erupted, spewing lava. It's been revealed Trump used to read Hitler speeches at bedtime. And the new Miss France has found controversy as the winner has short hair, not long hair. But if you've got too much money, what kind of house would you build? Mark Zuckerberg, the Facebook billionaire, is building a 57,000-foot joint in Hawaii, two mansions, and a bunch of other old buildings connected by an underground tunnel, which includes a 5,000-square-foot concrete reinforced bunker with an escape hatch, uh, just in case the dystopian society that he's helping create comes to fruition. So I guess if you're a uh, you know, multimillionaire or billionaire, mm. the thing to do is to build a building with a bunker. You mm. need a bunker. Yeah. You know, hopefully you can do the same thing as Hitler. Just do it quicker. Just fucking kill yourself quicker and uh, get it over with. <laughs> like, seriously. The other day he was talking about, I forgot this part. We were talking about Trump and, you know, immigrants are poisoning the pure. Meanwhile, all the wives he's married are fucking immigrants. All his kids are immigrant kids. Like, mm-hmm. when he's talking about immigrants, somebody in the audience should just go, isn't your wife an immigrant? Anyway, that's all I have to say about that. Oh, yeah. But in this, uh, Dan, the, the mansion was Zuckerberg's. Yeah. And building Oh, I'm sorry. I, was, yeah, no, I, no, I apologize. I, I was thought you, you latched were, on to the Trump I word I thought it was there. Trump, yes. No, he was talking about Zuckerberg oh, building God. this 57,000 square foot mansion with a bunker and outbuildings and everything. Hey, I guess if you got the money, why not? And I'll tell you, if I had that money, I might think about, about a bunker, too. Just think all the people you love, you could yeah. hide them there. And, <laughs> that's right. When you know, the end comes, whenever that is. I apologize, Dan. I was uh, distracted by something. But, you know, I just laughed. Like, if, if, if you built one, I guarantee that at the uh, entrance to the bunker, it would say Archie's Bunker. 
<laughs> the Fred Man. Ah. The Fred Man. Hey, um, Archie's bunker. Hilarious. Power. What you said about the orange man. That yes. that is just so true. And there's. You know, anyway, it just goes on and on. There's just he, he's brilliant. There's just so much of it. Mm-hmm. now. It's all lost. And people just think he's going to make their lives better. So what can you do? Throw yeah. in the towel. It's well, inevitable. I, yeah. I'm sorry, God, because I put that. I saw that NBC story. Mm-hmm. We talked about the poisoning of the immigrants. And I'm like, doesn't anyone mm-hmm. ever say to him, um, uh, Mr. Mm-hmm. President, to be your fucking wives. Uh, two of the no. three wives are from Eastern European countries. You moron. Yeah, but you know who he's talking to. When he's talking about poisoning, he means oh, yes. color. He means oh, the colors. Yeah. The coulards. That's what he's you know that. Oh yeah. I mean, that's just part of his dog whistling, right? That's what he means. The and colors. People are eating it up. People oh, are yes. eating it up. Even the young people. Again, the latest poll coming out. Under thirties. He's killing Biden. It's wild. What are they thinking? They're fed up. They've had it. Well, what anyway, they're thinking is Biden supporting the Israelis, and that's a genocide. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I guess. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't. Anyway, uh, Dan, would you build a bunker? I guess if I had, you know, if all my uh, billionaire friends were, you know, mm-hmm. assuming I was the billionaire at the time, uh, were building out bunkers. I mean, that's a thing to do. Because, you know, as as billionaires, you go, well, I, you know, I want to keep the billionaire strain and, uh, alive and pure. So uh, I better, you know, uh, build a bunker to mm-hmm. save the family and, and my servants. I think we would be surprised slash not surprised to know how many billionaires have whatever that's called, a shelter, some kind of survival uh, space. Why wouldn't they? Because here's sure. the thing. Like, they, they, like, you know, I've said this, uh, we've talked about it before. You know, there are levels of influence and insider information that, that we're, we have no idea of. The regular people of mm-hmm. which we are, we have no idea of the things that go on, of uh, the chatter that Mark Zuckerberg and Jeff Bezos are privy to. Of course they know. They know when sh- they're going to know when shit goes down way before we do. Starting to sound like Alex Jones. Yeah. Well, it's true. And by the way, when Dan goes to build his bunker, it's going to take a long time because everything's going to everything's going to have a long time. <laughs> It's going to be, everything's going to be just perfect. And the fucking drywall and the sealed endorsed doors. Oh, Oh, there's where you're going. I thought. What were you going to say? Well, something to house. Anyway, it doesn't Oh, no, no. I wasn't. Uh, You know what I'm saying? Uh, That was a dance perfectionist bit. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going on. When you spec out a bunker, I mean, what do you, what, I, I wonder what you're, like you got to come up with specs of course of yeah. some sort like i need a bunker to keep me alive for how long and what should i be surviving like uh, a bomb a nuclear bomb uh you know like the, the yeah. filtration systems all that kind of stuff how much water darren uh, was telling me was he was in london and i've been to london a couple of times and didn't do this he went to uh, churchill's bunker in london hmm. <laughs> and how interesting that was. Yeah. And what happened the day the war ended, they just all get up and left. And it's been preserved to this day. Have you seen just, London? Okay, war's over, up and left and left the bunker and that was it. So, I mean, like, 
the papers are on the tables and the coffee cups and apparently really? they left something. the dirty dishes yeah. have, you, have you seen yeah. London and have you seen France hmm? <laughs> said, have you what? seen London have you seen France have you seen your underpants <laughs> <laughs> they weren't all pants in the middle of France so they used some grass to cover up their ass that's one thing my <laughs> mom used to sing but to have me. you heard that one I've seen London I've no. seen France I've seen Freddie's underpants Oh, that's right. I yes, now yes, I, yes. Now you know. Yes, I have. Yes, yes. Uh, I started watching last night, and I recommend it to you too. Uh, World War Two, uh, something on Netflix. It's fucking fascinating. There's a oh, six the one part colorized. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah, called uh, World War Two from the front lines. I'm uh, just about finished episode one. The master race. The fact that it's colorized, Dan, you will love the. Um, the footage was mostly shot by soldiers and people like you get to see like, you know, you've me. You remember that movie Dunkirk and and mm-hmm. yeah, well, so toward the end of episode 17. Yeah. But toward the end of um, this particular episode last night, the very first one, it shows actual footage from Dunkirk. Mm. Like it's pretty riveting. I bet. And, uh, and what's that called? Exactly. It's called uh, World War Two from the front lines uh, on Netflix. And I, I strongly recommend it to both of you. <laughs> you. At no point in the documentary does anyone say, I've seen London, I've seen France. I've seen Dan Duran's underpants. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Dan Duran's not wearing underpants. Only for special occasions. So this is a great seasonal uh, seasonal picture then. That we can yes. Yeah. Dan, do you have another story we can attack with immaturity? <laughs> 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 Well, I do um, have one. It, oh, wait a minute, Dan. If you have a second <laughs> okay. story, then for God's sake, we must get to another story from television and movie anchorman, Dan Duran. Well, you know, this time of year, family tensions can rise, which makes stabbing your wife something that could come up. Mm. It reached the breaking point for a Washington, D.C. 81-year-old man. He didn't want to eat the pancakes his wife, his wife made for him. So he stabbed her. <laughs> oh, She's dead. He didn't eat the pancakes. It does make you wonder how that conversation kind of went, though. Yeah, like, how, it, how it escalated. Like, is it like pancakes again? Stab, stab, stab? Stab, or, stab, yeah. Or was it, uh, you better eat your pancakes. I don't like your pancakes. You know, and how did that, how did that, uh, how did we get from there, you know, innocence? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they say every married fight or every fight with somebody you've been with a long-term relationship is never about... It's not about the pancakes. It's about the accumulated stuff that people go into in a relationship. But but the but I like what you the pancakes were the tipping point to start stabbing her. Yeah, I bet that guy's wanted to kill her for a long time. But like when he's sick, when he's sixty something, he's going on twenty years in prison and then seventy, ten, fifteen years in prison. Don't want to do it now at eighty one. It's like fuck, I'm going to do it now. I'll only be in prison a couple of years. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a great detail. Gonna, I didn't get be that. Better than this. He's 81. Oh, seriously, you get to 81, you, sh- you should think about killing your partner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the time to do it because you've run your race. Yeah, and you what, put in the years. And you and, and hey, what a great retirement scam! Spend all your money by 81, stab your spouse, go to prison. They got to pay for it. Mm-hmm. You only got a couple more years left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you won't the be ticket. Homeless. You won't be homeless. You, you won't home. be homeless. And, and all the medical, all your food, 
And and by 81, no one's going to want to fuck you in prison, so you're good. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you guys seriously. Okay, seriously. We're all in our 60s. Yes. Have you ever, ever thought about killing someone? Have you ever been to that point where you've actually started to calculate, fuck, maybe I, yeah, if I did that, maybe I could get away with it. Have you ever, ever thought of killing someone? I haven't thought about killing. Well, yes, of course, I've thought about killing many people. But no, I mean, serious. No, no, I'm, 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 serious I'm being serious. Okay? okay. So I thought about killing many people <laughs> almost every day of my life. <laughs> but like people, you know, or just, just anybody, fucking, I, oh. I, I, anybody fucking cut me off. Guy gave me the finger mm-hmm. the other day. I thought about killing him, yeah. but wow. I, um, I've never really gone through the, uh, thought, whatever gymnastics of, of how to do it. But you've rec- never like pen to paper. Okay. So right. I do but this, but I recently when I okay. came back from Mexico and I opened up the freezer and that meat smell of the rotting meat, I said to my friend who had dropped me off that night, I said, well, this is why it's so hard to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. Because when that you because corpse disposal is at the forefront mm-hmm. of your murder mm-hmm. planet. Have you yeah, ever that's... thought of killing mm-hmm. somebody, Frederick? No. Nope. nope, never. I was just wondering. I thought was wondering if you guys did. That's all. Like you no, have. never. You've never thought never. Uh, about somebody who who wronged you that you would kill them. No. Yeah, I, yeah I, I've wished killing on somebody. Yes. Like I wish somebody would, somebody else would do it, so I, you know, I wouldn't have to suffer the consequences. Sure. Yeah. And Daniel, like of course, I, you've never had any of those thoughts because your thoughts no. are pure with Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's not right to kill others. Yeah, according according right. to whom? Well, the, many people, really. I mean, it's. I don't think that surpasses that. That goes above okay. religion. I think that. Yeah. One, okay. No, it doesn't. How about this one? You have the chance to kill someone, and you know you're going to get away with it. Could you kill them? And no. I even like, like if you somebody came to you and said, you know, Donald Trump, Vladimir, Vladimir Putin, we've got a thing where you can go in this room and kill him and get away from it. Would you actually be able to go in there and pull the trigger and watch his head explode? Are you capable? Vladimir Putin? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I could too. I could do Trump, it. Trump, I could too. Yeah, Trump easily. Yeah, I'd stick the gun right in his mouth. Boom, yeah. let it go. Wouldn't bother me at all. You'd be doing no, the No, but I, I, would, I would like to torture him first. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like, I would definitely, I would mm-hmm. torture Trump first. Mm-hmm. And what I would do is I would make somehow, whether a, a, for, mm-hmm. like a chemical or some kind of torture material, get him yep. to admit all the yes. shit he said was a fucking lie, and then finally go, but but do boo, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, um, yeah. Well, uh, well, <laughs> you could, <laughs> you couldn't, Dan. Uh, no, Vladimir Putin, you couldn't walk in a room and put a gun in his mouth and, sh- and pull the trigger. Could you go back in time and kill Adolf Hitler? That's an interesting question. Now I've thought about that before. I don't know. It'd be very hard for me to do something like that. But, but if you're saving, you know, millions over one, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think I could. Some of those dastardly bastards, I could. I could do it. Wait, saying you couldn't kill Hitler? You wouldn't kill Hitler? Oh, I'd kill him. No, but Dan, you wouldn't kill him. Oh, Dan, I know Dan. Well, I suppose if I was in part of a, you know some sort of sanctioned government sanctioned thing where I'm supposed to do that. No, I no, would, forget the know. government. You go back. No, you have the I'm opportunity just, to go back mm-hmm. in time when he was a, still an artist and kill him then. 
kill him at country. any time. <laughs> Go, kill him in fucking school. Knowing that he was going to, like, forget the Jews in, in World War II, hundreds of millions, tens of millions, not hundreds, tens of millions of human beings off the face of the earth because this douchebag decided to in, in, uh, invade Poland, Austria, then France, Belgium. Like, you don't, World War II, as I just found out last night. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> like, he was going to invade. Have you heard about that war? Have you heard about that war? He was going to, he, he invaded you know, you talk about the Middle East. They bombed London, the fucking Luftwaffe. So, would you not have? If you could go back in time, I couldn't do it before he actually did something that was wrong, though. But he prevent I, I, you no, would prevent if him knew. if you knew. If yeah, you I knew that, it, but you, I wouldn't be able to because he, you know, maybe he he didn't do it. But he did. Uh, Knowing he did do it, you couldn't go back in time and kill Hitler. Not when he was still innocent. After Even if you knew what he was going to do, is what happened. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd have to wait till right. he wasn't. Okay, oh, you know. you know, okay. So you, you wait till at, he, would you wait till he killed the first million Jews or the first twenty mm-hmm. or when would you kill him? Somewhere around there, Not around what one million but, Jews? But, but no, I just couldn't. I, I say two point two million Jews. And then <laughs> say, bring the what is your kill Hitler Jew price? <laughs> is it so you so you're, you're so a hundred thousand Jews and then you kill Hitler? Wouldn't no, be ten before that, but it, like, oh, if okay, I'm, before that, so ten. Yeah, I guess. But <laughs> fuck me, this is my favorite part of the show. What is your kill Hitler Jew price? It's, yeah, for me, I'll tell you what. For me, Dan, the threshold. It's yeah, one. It, yeah. It's well, you could I, go I would, back. You could go back before when he's an innocent little child. Absolutely, run him right off the road. Well, run him this, right off the road. This is how you know when I think of Putin. You know, he he inflicts all that pain and suffering on. Ukrainians, and even even his own soldiers. I mean, his own soldiers going, you know, kids lose fathers. And yeah. Wives lose husbands. He doesn't care one bit. They're they just tools to him to get to wherever he wants to, to go. And that's why I would have no problem whatsoever. The pain and suffering he has inflicted, I would gladly put an end to that. Even with the asshole orange man, like... The destruction that he's caused and what's yeah. coming with him. No, not a problem. You know, just like Hitler, and uh, they had this great uh-huh. group in the, the documentary. Again, mm-hmm. you guys will both love this. They have this graphic mm-hmm. where they show this, how it spread through from Germany to Austria. Austria, because I'm cool. I say it, Austria. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how it spread from Germany to Austria to Belgium into France and how it was going to spread. Part of the thing in Dunkirk was, you know... Um, the, 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 they were the British Army, the British Army and Air Force were initially way outgunned in every way by the Germans. But just like Hitler, Putin isn't stopping at Ukraine. Like his plan is beyond. It's almost like, well, we'll get he's some. Yeah, it's, it's not like Putin's there going, well, we'll get some couple of towns in Ukraine and then I'll stop. Mm hmm. Oh, he wants to restore the whole uh, USSR greatness. Thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And any, anything that was formerly behind the Iron Curtain, I'm sure is, you know. So getting back to Hitler, you get a chance to go back in time with no consequence other than you get to preserve the lives of close to 80 million people that were killed in World War II. And you don't you, kill Hitler? Well, it depends where you insert me in time. 
Anywhere in time. How about I listen, if you knew you you went back knowing what he was going to do, yeah. I would do it if he was sitting on a potty. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say if I was a doctor delivering baby Hitler, I would yeah. put my hand over his mouth and say, Night night, baby Hitler. Yeah, but maybe there was something you could do to redirect. Yeah, yeah. you're not listening, Dan. We know. <laughs> I know it's a thought no, experiment. Yeah, it's a, yeah we I already know. It, but, okay, there is nothing you can do. You get to baby Hitler, knowing that baby Hitler is going to turn out to be the madman that's going to kill tens of millions of human beings. You don't, you don't just like yes. push him this off a fucking this. cliff. Oh, I'd have to ruminate on this for a while. All right, we got to go because we're never. You know what, yeah. Fred? We're never going to get Dan to admit that he would kill. We're going to teach him to kill. <laughs> we got to. I, my favorite part is Dan has an allowable number of Jews to die in the Holocaust before he takes <laughs> action. It. That's right. That's I forget. So you and, and your it, tomorrow, Maybe tomorrow, tomorrow's show, he could tell us how we arrived at that number. Hmm. Tomorrow's uh, lot, show is the... A lot of thought. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think, you know what I think we should do? I think we should keep away the uh, baby Hitler ja- death bits away from Kelsey's yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the Kelsey okay. show is going to be a little bit different than this one. Um, and, uh, I'm not sure. Are we going to do uh, should we, I don't know. I don't think you need to prepare any news, Dan. Uh, even no, though, okay. even though Pete's going to sing the Dan Duran news song in person, it's just a, a fun little Christmas thing. I don't want you to worry all about right. it. So, um, okay. All right. Thanks I'll to uh, Jeff Lumby. Sure enough cables for the day. Yes. Yeah. Cabling and sound. But Dan's going to do, we're going to do the standard intro oh yeah the intro and the extra yeah of course of course that's a highlight that's people will be of it'll be like seeing um you two in concert (laughs) it'll be like uh the eras tour seeing dan duran do the the intro yeah yeah i was gonna say thanks to jeff lumby but that seems like a two shows ago (laughs) (laughs) fuck all right let's get out of here this episode of humble and fred was brought to you by the retirement sherpa the chambers plan boron one evnet.ca palma pasta bodog and kelsey's for contacts and comments we read all of our emails humble and fred at humble and fred radio.com that's humble and fred at humble and fred radio.com there is a thursday email show tell us what you think and then go tell your friends or subscribe to the podcast uh, get them to subscribe or you know anything that sort of promotes the show we would love that. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember, killing is wrong. Thou shalt not, so no killing. And enjoy every gore damn day. We saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that?